The following is brought to you by the Leave It in the Ring Podcast Network. All boxing, no filter. Greetings and welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Boxing Esquire Podcast, presented by The Ring and RingTV.com and distributed by the Leave It in the Ring Network. My guest on this episode is a litigation partner at Olshan Frome Woleski, uh, but you know him as a longtime writer and editor of BoxingTalk.com, Mr. Scott Schaefer. We had a chance to analyze the Wilder Fury rematch in depth, uh, including Costume Gate. Uh, also discussed the loaded boxing card this past weekend, headlined by Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas, uh, that featured a great victory by Roman uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez over Calia Fi, as well as a Great flyweight tussle between uh, Julio Cesar Martinez and the very game uh, Jay Harris. Also got into the proposed sale of Top Rank, the upcoming boxing schedule, and the effect the coronavirus has had on the boxing community. It's a great conversation. Hope you enjoy. So it is my distinct pleasure to welcome back to the Boxing Esquire podcast my good friend, uh, lawyer extraordinaire in the sport of boxing, uh, writer for BoxingTalk.com, uh, Mr. Scott Schaefer. Great having you back again, brother. Thanks. I owe you an apology. I uh, meant to get here earlier for to tape this uh, <laughs> podcast, but the suit I was wearing was 45 pounds, so kind of kind of slowed me down. So I apologize, but I'm looking forward to being your guest here again. <laughs> that will not be the last joke about that that you hear on this podcast. So, uh, so yeah, man. Listen, let's let's get right into it. Uh, you know, we, I, you know, I haven't talked about uh, the the Wilder Fury fight, Wilder Fury two on on this podcast just yet. Uh, so, uh, so we could talk about it. Um, I guess uh, just you know, talking about the the business end uh, first up. Um, you know, the fight did a pretty amazing gate, right? Um, uh, almost seventeen million, I think, is estimates. Like uh, the estimates are like sixteen point six to sixteen point eight mil. Um, closed circuit blew up as well. It, it did almost you know around four million, which really exceeded expectations. Pay-per-view buys, eh, you know, I mean, Aaron was talking about $2 million at one point in time, and now, you know, I think you know, I've seen estimates, and it's really hard to, to get firm numbers on pay-per-views these days because there's so many different mediums, but... Um, and, and no central reporting agency. Right, right, right. I mean, you've got, you know, and you've got, you know, digital, you've got, you know, the cable, and what is it, I think uh, Evan was going through this, you've got in-demand, you've got direct TV. you've got... You know, ESPN Plus, you've got Fox, you know, so no one has all the numbers. You right. kind of have to know somebody in each of these places to get numbers. But, um, you know, the estimates are between 750 and 850 and, and mostly towards digital, which which is interesting, you know, with the, the cord cutting going on. Um, and, and digital also, um, obviously, if you don't have cable involved, the splits are different, right? I mean, the... The, you know, the, the splits that go to the promoter and the provider being, you know, ESPN or Fox, you know, more money is going to each of them when it goes to digital. So I think uh, my buddy Evan Rutkowski was saying that they, they, they might have broken even because of the, the high digital buys. But then another podcaster, Manic, said, no, they needed to get to 1.1 to break even. So who knows? They either broke even or maybe they made a little money or maybe they lost a little money. But I think uh, in terms of capturing the, the public's interest and, and the interest and attention of the casual fans, I think this uh, 
this fight was an unqualified success. I mean, the, the buzz even after the fight has right. been really strong and, and people seem to have an interest in, in talking about this and what comes next. Uh, uh, my, my understanding and what seems most logical to me to explain you know, the high buzz and yet the relatively low numbers is I, I think that uh, you know, in the constant battle between the pirates and the anti-pirates, I mm. think the pirates may have uh, pushed ahead on this one, and, and there may have been a higher than normal piracy rate on this on this uh, on this show. That's, that's, that's what I think. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. You know, I, I think especially uh, if the digital number is such a high number too, I think it's easier to pirate the digital. So, um, you know, uh, that could have been a problem, but. Shoot, I, I got to admit, I picked Wilder. I think a lot of people were leaning Wilder. I think the betting went towards Wilder. It just seemed like he had all the momentum. You know, I, I picked him, you know, mid to late round KO, even though Tyson Fury clearly outboxed him right. for the vast majority of the first fight. And But, you know, and, and on my last podcast, I, I talked to Rafe Bartholomew, and Rafe actually brought up, he's like, He's like, do you think, you know, he's going to Kronk? He's like, do you think it's possible that he could actually just, you know, go at this guy and crowd him and, and, and brawl with him? And I'm just like, you know, chase a puncher, you know, just, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I can't see that happening. I just could see him getting knocked out trying, but could have been, couldn't have been more opposite to that. Yeah, the, the conventional wisdom going <laughs> in was that, uh, you know, Wilder only had to be perfect for, for three seconds. Right. And, and what were the odds of, of Fury, you know, being able to get up from, from a knockdown like he did in the first fight? But uh, in, in retrospect, I think it really was a, a historical performance. I mean, to see a 6'9", 273-pound boxer, you know, man, box like that, with that kind of mobility and skill, I mean, that's probably unprecedented in history. I mean, right. you know, back, back in... Back in our our childhoods, the the, the only six nine boxers were guys like Two Tall Jones. I mean, this is this is this was you know almost off the charts in terms of Fury's ability to box for a man his size. Um, uh, and um, you know, for me, the fight, the feeling watching the fight that it uh, most reminded me of was uh, the first Tyson Holy, the first Holyfield Tyson fight. Right. You know, you were kind of on the one hand waiting for Wilder to just land a big bomb um, the way we were waiting for Tyson to land a big bomb. Um, you know, when you think about Wilder's, um, you know, legs weren't right, it, it's, it's, you know, that that's probably, you know, that, that really hurt his ability to land that big punch. But, um, you know, certainly Fury took it to the bully, you know. Right. And, and, that uh, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not a, a, a you know, you need uh, big cojones to, to, to plan that and, and actually do it, and, and he did it. So, you know, all glory to Tyson Fury. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, when you think about Tyson Fury, you don't think of like a one-punch guy. You don't think of a big puncher, you know. I mean, he's he's generally his posture is, you know, boxing and counterpunching, especially his last, you know, number of fights. Um but he is a really big guy, and uh, and um, you know what, what was interesting was was just you know you know you, you know thinking back, I, I gave Tyson Fury every round, but I, I went back and looked at the fight again, and round two, like you know, you could have given that round to Wilder. It was a close round, and he and he ganked him with a couple of right hands, and you could see you know like you know you know. 
here's where the rubber meets the road. You know, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, you know, correct. Yeah. Fury's standing his ground. He's doing what he said he's going to do. He's taking it to him. But now Wilder's like, all right, you want to fight? Let's go. And, uh, you know, the, the second round was pretty even. But that third round, just, you know, Fury took over the fight. And definitely after that knockdown, I mean, Wilder was. Was, was not, not the same. Yeah, yeah, he was out of it. In fact, I think, you know, I mean, Kenny Bayless did not have his, his best night. I mean, I, I thought he robbed uh, Fury of a knockdown. I thought he robbed Fury of a knockdown, and also I, I questioned the, the point deduction. Uh, I, yeah. I thought that was a bad point deduction. Yeah. I mean, he had given a very general warning to both fighters once before, but, you know, to me, you know, before I see a point, I mean, first of all, I, I did not see a blatant foul. I mean, maybe he hit on the brake a little bit. Right. That's that's what it was for. But, but it wasn't the worst we've ever no, seen. Not at all. And, and you know, to me, in a, in a championship fight, if it's not the most egregious foul, I, I want to see the ref say, if you do that one more time, I'm going to take a point away. Right. And I, I did. He gave one warning. But and it was and a, and kind of a general softer right, exactly. warning. Not, not the firm. Right. It wasn't specific. Know, right. Right. No, I completely agree. I thought Kenny lost control of the fight a little bit. It was definitely not his finest hour. But, uh, you know, you alluded to this earlier. I definitely wanted to get to the, the entrance. Uh, what did you think of the entrances, both guys? Start with Fury. Well, <laughs> I think uh, you could not pick a less likely walk-in song than <laughs> Patsy Cline's Crazy. Much as I love Patsy Cline. But I yeah. mean, uh, when, when is that song from? 60, 62? Early 60s. I mean, yeah. it's it's pushing. It's, it's If it's not 60 years old, it's, it's pretty close to it. <laughs> and uh, it's not exactly an upbeat song either. So um, it was uh, a... A very odd choice of, of music, uh, and as far as I don't even know what you call it, but the 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 kind of the, like, the, the yeah. rolling piece he was sitting on, <laughs> you know, it was it held my attention because I didn't see how he was going to get down from it. You know, right. it, it kind of just connected to stairs when he got to the right. ring. But um, right, right. so they obviously put a lot of thought into that. Um, uh, you know, he's he's a larger than life personality, and that uh, really fascinates people, and that's. One one way it, it manifested itself. I mean, he is uh, definitely not your cookie cutter heavyweight champion or even cookie cutter human being. He's <laughs> he's a unique guy. Right. Uh, he's got a larger than life personality, and I think he's really um, you know captured the attention of of of, uh, of the mainstream public. And you know, I think at some point he's going to have a lot of options. Uh, about what to do with his life and his career other than getting punched in the head, right? I mean, his, his, his personality is so magnetic that, I mean, you could see him in movies. You could see him in, on a TV show. You could certainly see him going back to the WWE. Um, right, and, right. That I could definitely see. You know, see and um, I thought going in that it would be better for boxing if, if Wilder won um, because you could see Wilder really staying – True to the to the heavyweight division and really making more of an attempt to clean it out. Right. I, I don't see Fury. I mean, I think he'll fight Joshua, but I don't think you'll really see Fury stick around and really clean out the division the way you know Wilder would if if he could keep beating these guys. Um, but but that being said, this this win brought a lot of people, brought a lot of casuals back to the sport. So uh, it, it was very good in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I mean with the with the entrance, I heard that, that Tyson spent like sixty grand of his like own money. Like Top Rank said they weren't going to pay for it. So okay, he ended up, he ended up mildly complaining. I'm, I'm not sure where the sixty grand went, but 
well, I guess the model, well, I mean, they had to construct that whole thing and, and you know, get the whole thing that connects with the stairs and all that. Yeah, so. I think I got a guy who could do it a little bit cheaper. <laughs> I, I got a 30, guy. 35, but okay. It was, it was a good entrance. <laughs> so they were claiming. This, right. this, this is from Twitter, mind you. But uh, my only complaint, and this is so picky, but I'm like, the entrance, I mean, you know, it was so unique and it was so awesome. But that Patsy Cline song is so short. It's only like a two-minute pop song from the 60s. So it ended before, like, his entrance really ended, you know. So they had to play the entire song again. And I was just like, ah, that's kind of Like, I'm like, maybe they could have, you know, mixed in, uh, you know, Crazy by uh, Gnarls Barkley. Or Crazy Train. Yeah, Crazy Train something. Like, it segues into some other crazy song, you know, just so that it timed a little better but other than that no it was genius it was unique i yeah. certainly certainly him singing along with it too was 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 awesome it was awesome I've never seen that it was just a lot of fun so uh so that brings us to wilder's uh wilder's entrance uh you know which uh what'd you think of uh well it, it was a cool costume yes um you know in my experience you know if you're going to compete uh, you know, every piece of equipment, and even Floyd Mayweather said this, so it's not, this is not just Scott Schaefer talking, but I mean, every piece of equipment that is involved in the evening should be tried and tested. You should not be doing something new for the first time, whether it's, you know, food or, 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 or liquid that you're putting into your body. I've or, had or guys, equipment. and this has happened in world-class fights, wearing brand new boxing shoes they've not broken in, and they get like blistered. To, having the Shane Mosley against Manny Pacquiao. Yep. He got blisters and then couldn't, couldn't, I mean, my guy, Teron Millette, same thing happened to him against Gaddy. He had, he put on brand new shoes that not worn them in. And, you know, by like second, you know, third or fourth round, you're moving around. So, you know, uh, you know, heavy and athletically, and his feet were tore up. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't stress <laughs> this enough. I mean, any boxers are listening. I mean, the, the, the cup, the protector, the trunks, anything right. you have in your hair, you know, make sure you've used it before. You don't yes. want to. You don't want to find out. You know, you don't want to wind up. Uh, you know, uh, like like Paul Malignaggi getting his hair cut in between rounds, or <laughs> yeah. or Francis. The I can't say her name, but Francis Cruz Desern who had to take oh, her hair yes. out in the yes, she literally in, in, got in a the, the super middleweight yes, title yes. fight a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you don't want that. Uh, and so, um, you know, I want to get into this a little bit further, but uh, you know, if you know, for those of you who may not have heard, you know, Deontay Wilder did blame his 45-pound uh, robe suit uh, Costume, for, for, yes. for, for tiring out his legs and, and contributing to his loss in the fight. Um, I'm sure everybody here has heard that. Um, uh, you know, look, I don't believe it, but but if it is true, um, you know, shame on him for, right. for, not, for not wearing that before, right. for, not, for not testing it out. Um, Again, I, I don't believe it, but uh, I mean, let's let's get a little deeper into this, though. Um, you know, I, I've always felt that when a, when a fighter loses, it's it's kind of good. You kind of want a fighter to blame external things. You don't right. want you don't want a fighter going forward to to doubt himself and think hmm, maybe I'm not just maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not cut out for this business. Maybe right. you know, maybe my chin's not good enough. Maybe I'm not skilled enough. So, I mean, to, to some extent, you know, if, if, if you're a Wilder fan, it's not a terrible thing. It, I mean, it, it makes him sound foolish, but right. it's, it's not a terrible thing for him to, to, to say, look, I'm invincible. This suit 
is the problem. It's not right. me. Right. I mean, right. There, there is some benefit to that. And, right. uh, you know, what do you think about that? No, I, I definitely thought about that. I thought about that. Like, you know, th- this is classic, like, you know, denial, you know, and just like, you know, it, it wasn't me. That wasn't me in the ring there. It was something else, you know. All the, almost every world-class fighter. I mean, the only guy who I can think of fighting nowadays is Anthony Joshua doesn't seem to have that. Like, Anthony Joshua will, like... I mean, like, his press conferences before the, the Ruiz fight were almost like therapy sessions, you know? He's just, like, talking about, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe Ruiz has my number. It's like, you don't want to hear fighters saying that. Right. You know, I'd rather hear the dumb excuse, you know, that uh, that I'm not good enough or maybe I'm not made for this. Because then you're thinking, man, you know, you got those kind of doubts. Right. You know, what happens when you get smacked in the face, you know? So, uh I don't know. I, I got to say this. I, I heard, I mean, and this is not my my line. I'm not going to take it all credit for this. I saw this on, uh, on YouTube, but it, they paraphrased uh, Mike Tyson. They said, everybody's got a plan until they wear a 45-pound costume <laughs> right. into the ring. That's right. <laughs> that was a great line. Whoever whoever, uh, whoever came up with that, I tip my cap to them. Um, and, and also, I you know did see on social media some footage of Wilder training for a past fight with a weighted vest did, did emerge. And he, yeah, and he talked about it on, I think, Joe Rogan's yeah, podcast. Yeah, so, I mean, so that's, uh, you know, as you far know it's as, a bullshit excuse. Listen, if, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a big Wilder fan and you're listening in, sorry, you know, that, that's not cutting it as an excuse. Um, it's, you know, if, 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 if it did tire him out, it, it doesn't let him off the hook at all. Um, you know, it, it's... I would be embarrassed to say that, but again, I think there is, you know, some some purpose to it, and if 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 uh, that allows him to press forward and, and and feel like he's still the baddest man on the planet, then there is there is there is some value. Right, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> let him have it. Did you uh, did you see the the latest video Deontay released? He uh, he put a video out. I on saw it. I didn't, I didn't actually listen to it. Yet. And uh, he didn't say much of substance. Um, just mostly he'll be back and he's going to reclaim his throne and he's still the king. But, uh, you know, I think, um, for those of you who've seen it, what to me struck me was, uh, you know, what he didn't say, but how he looked, uh, the emotion, um, you know, it almost looked to me like, you know, he was red eyed and, you know, on the verge of tears or just mm. finished crying. I mean, it was, it was, you could see he's in some, you know, I don't mean physical pain, but you can see he's he's in some pain over this loss. Uh, right. You know, he's having a, a hard time dealing with it. And, I mean, here's a guy who clearly uh, thought that, you know, he was invincible. Um, and, you know, for whatever his faults are as a boxer and, and what he's lacking, you know, he had gone through 43 fights without being beaten. Right. Uh, and this clearly, um, as, as the loss set in, you know, it, it clearly is – something he's grappling with in terms of his self-image and, 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 and what's, what's going on inside of him. So it was, uh, it was a short video. It was less than 90 seconds. It was tough to watch if you, if you care about Deontay Wilder because uh, he's, he's definitely in some pain. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, um, just, just, you know, going to the fight and, you know, what, going forward, what, what, you know, what would Deontay do? It's just like, I always find, you know, that, like, you know, Fury, because he's just so damn big, you know, and he's got that great jab, like, guys like Wilder, guys like Klitschko, they're used to being the bigger guy in there and having all the advantages. And once you, you take that kind of height and, like, you know, size advantage away, 
it doesn't seem like there's a plan B. Like Klitschko certainly did, you know, once that once his jab that controlled everybody was taken away, I mean, he didn't he didn't do much of anything against Fury in there. With Wilder, you know, once once he got backed up and and Fury was winning the battle of the jabs, I mean it did there was absolutely no plan to like, you know, to 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 I mean, you know, uh, stand his ground or or work his way inside, fight yeah. on the inside, or or he didn't seem particularly skilled. Know where at, his distance was. Right, didn't seem particularly skilled at, at tying Fury up and buying some time. To, he was getting hit with a lot, with almost everything. You know, I mean, it, it was like target practice for Fury. I mean, anytime Wilder had his hands down, like you know, ready to try and strike. I mean, you know, Fury would throw a few feints and get some punches off, and he'd either land or. Wilder went to his one thing. He just puts his hands up. He doesn't slip punches. Doesn't look to counter punches. Um, what does that bode for the rematch? I mean, he's he's he was comprehensively out of box, but for two big bombs in the first fight. Second fight, you know, if you're charitable, maybe you give him round two because he, you know, ganked uh, Tyson with a couple right hands. But for the most part, I mean, he's been dominated by Tyson Fury. Fury's probably won, what, 15 out of the 19 rounds or so? <laughs> Easily, yeah. Um, well, you, you've managed a lot of fighters, so so <laughs> well, let's, just, let's just set it up for, for the listeners. I mean, for, for those of you who don't know, what the, what, what's, what's been reported and what I, my understanding is is that uh, there is a rematch clause at Wilder's option, so Wilder is, 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 uh, can demand a rematch. He has, apparently. He, he has. Just, yeah, just, yeah he has, and supposedly this rematch has to take place, I think, by the end of July. Yeah, that's what it has in the contract. Okay. Yeah, unless the parties obviously mutually agree to, to push it back a little So uh, I could tell you what I think, but you, you've managed a bunch of guys. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, you're Wilder's manager. What, what do you do with this? You know, it, it's, 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 you know it, it's, it's, it's a tough one because he's had— Not that tough to me if I'm the manager. Well, yeah. he's, he's had 43 fights, and he is where he is. Like, do you really think in a couple of months he's going to become a new fighter who moves his feet more, who you know gets in throws in combination, you know does things that he didn't do in in, in the first two fights to, to to make it better for himself? I mean, he seems to be pretty much a, a jab right hand, you know, occasionally a left hook fighter. Um, you know, I mean, is there a sugar hill out there for him? You know, do you bring in somebody who who can who can maybe uh, change the game plan a little bit? Well, look, he's he's been trained for, I believe, his entire pro career by Mark Breland, who's like us, a New York guy, right? Um, you know, for for those youngsters out there, Mark Breland is you know revered as one of the greatest amateurs in uh, in, in American history, one of the greatest amateur boxers, and had a, a you know a, a, a a solid pro career with, I believe, two world championships. Um, this guy knows a lot about boxing. And uh, I can't imagine that he's not has not been trying to impart, exactly. you know, more skills into Wilder. <laughs> and it's, you know, either Wilder is unwilling or unable to take instructions. I mean, Mark Breland knows the game is inside the ring as well as anybody. So, Absolutely. you know, he, he's, you know, it, it, I don't know. Is there, is there someone out there? Who can connect better with Wilder? I suppose it's possible. Um, you know, could they make a difference in Wilder's style between now and July? I find that impossible. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, you know, I think if they fought again, at least you know, in, in the near future, it would be 
you know, will Wilder be able to land the, 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 the home run punch? And that's it. But, right. you know, he's lost, you know, what did we say? 15 or out of 19 rounds. I don't, I don't At see. At the very least. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that changing. <laughs> you in the you could future. say 17 out of 19. A lot of people think he's only, you know, the only rounds he won were the knockdown rounds. I mean, I, I, I could tell you what I would do if I was Wilder's manager. Um, I would take the rematch clause and that's, that's clearly worth a lot and try to, you know, negotiate six months into 18 months and try to work something out. Right. And, uh, you know, you don't listen. We know right now Tyson Fury is awesome. He's the baddest man on the planet. But if you look back, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in 18 months. I mean, maybe he fights Joshua and loses. Maybe he goes back to being 400 pounds. Well, that that's, maybe he just you know decides to enjoy life, and and that's kind of the flip side of it for me. I'm like, what you know, if you really want to enforce this thing and 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 take it in July, if that's the plan, you know, the only reason I I would think you well besides the money, but uh, um, the only reason I I would think you would do that is you're you're thinking Fury is going to be like Duran after the first uh, Leonard fight, you know. Where he's just gonna party, you know, and then listen, this is what he did after Klitschko. You know, he lost his fucking mind, you know. He, he, he like. I can't he, remember how far apart were those two uh, Leonard and Duran fights, though. I don't think they were. It, it ended up, it ended up being like six months or something or five months. But, um, but Duran, but there was a lot of kind of, are we gonna do this? Are we not? They didn't really settle on terms, you know, till maybe a couple months before the fight. So Duran. You know, wasn't in the best of shape. You know, obviously that's on Duran, right? Right. But I mean, it's it's the same thing with Fury. Fury had a rematch clause with Klitschko. They exercised it, and Fury never made the rematch. I mean, maybe you're hoping against hope that that happens again. I mean, you're hoping that you know Fury has another you know well, I mean, going the- off the deep end kind of thing, or at least maybe he gets overconfident. But uh, and and you're also relying on the fact that hey, you know, Deontay is. One hell of a puncher, you know. Right. He's I mean, look, always for, still one punch away. Sorry, for me as a fan, I mean, I, I, I really, you want to see. I, I feel like the public is owed the one champion. You know, it's it's time we had one champion. I, I want to see Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Right. Uh, that that's me what too. I want to see as a fan. <laughs> I think from Wilder's point of view, uh, and and also from you know my own point of view as a fan, I, I would love to see, you know, Joshua get by. Well, Joshua has a mandatory coming up against Kubrat Pulev. I mean, right. most. It's not an easy fight, but you would expect Joshua to come through that. Right. Um, you know, I, I would love to see for the second half of the year, Joshua and, and Fury um, for the biggest fight in British history. And, you know, how about Deontay Wilder versus Andy Ruiz? I mean, right. that would, you know, that would be a great eliminator. And then, and then from Wilder's point of view, who knows? Maybe, maybe Joshua, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make Joshua the favorite against Tyson Fury, but... You know, maybe maybe Joshua wins. Or I certainly wouldn't count him out. I wouldn't either. I, I mean, mean, styles make fights. You know, I mean, he's not he's not Deontay Wilder. He has more options than just one. You know, I mean, when he you know he's shown he can fight on the back foot against Ruiz. You know, he showed it against Joseph Parker too. I mean, the the path back to being the man in the heavyweight division, if you're Deontay Wilder, does not to me does not necessarily run through Tyson Fury. Right. I think they're they're you know, and I mean, you know, also I mean. He took a lot of punishment. And, yeah, you know, he did. He, uh, he needs he needs some time off to heal. I mean, I, I don't think he should be jumping right back into sparring in in three months. I mean, you know, you don't have infinite number of those beatings in you. Right. You know, that took some gas out of the tank. I think it's time to 
I mean, I guess, well, I mean, heavyweights tend to tend to have longer careers and fight further into their 30s, but maybe they're also thinking, I mean, Deontay's going to be 35 this year. Like, you know, uh, how long is he really going to be in his prime prime? You know, maybe right. they feel like this is his last shot, you know. Or, or, or maybe, you know, maybe he's the one, maybe he's the one driving driving it that he's insisting on well, the there's rematch. There's no two ways about it. He and, is and, the and, one driving. And, 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 you know, look, the fighter ultimately has has the say, as, as, at least in any camp I've been in. Like you know, it, it, as insistent as you want to be as a manager, ultimately the fight. If the fighter doesn't go along with it, what are you going to do? You right. know, <laughs> I mean, Al Heyman and Shelley Finkel are Deontay's. They're about as and, powerful as it gets, and, yeah, and and knowledgeable. I mean, they, right. they've you know, this is not their first rodeo. They, right. So, you know, um, I think. They're not going to want to contradict him, right? But I don't think they would be too distraught if things played out in a different way either. But um, you know, this is this is going to be very interesting to follow for the next couple of months. And you know, it seems crazy to me that Wilder, you know, to put Wilder back in with Fury so quickly. Um, but this is boxing; crazy things happen too, and right. and especially when you can make a lot of money doing it. Um, and another reason you might want to do it, too, is maybe you think, you know, maybe you worry that, you know, what if Ruiz would knock out Wilder, you know, that it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're putting him, you know, maybe you're putting him at risk no matter who you put him in with at this point, unless you put him in really soft. So, so what do you think? I'm, I'm putting the imaginary gun to your head. Do you think this fight's going to happen? <laughs> in you think, you think, you think, well, I mean, then... then well, 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 here's, well, well, there's never a major fight in July. There's a right? lot of pieces, you know, you know how it goes. I mean, there's right. a, lot, a lot of different things on the board. I mean, Eddie Hearn has put it out there that Dillian White has the mandatory for WBC in, in, in writing, in stone, February 2021. So he's put it out there, like, listen, he's like, I hope they don't push that rematch back because I'd like to get Fury and Joshua in there by the end of the year. And I think Aram's thinking the same thing. I think he doesn't want to marinate anything anymore, and he probably thinks he's got the best guy. And he also, at this point, probably thinks that Fury's just going to walk all over Wilder if they fight a third time. Agreed. Um, so Aram is cool with doing this thing in July, because I think they're, they're planning so that he doesn't have to fight a Dillian White, and then the fight gets pushed back even further. I think they are tentatively hoping that they can do maybe a December fight between Joshua and Fury. So, so you think it's going to happen or not? In July? I think... Or next, or just the next fight for both of these guys. I mean, Aram's saying if Wilder says he wants it, we don't have a choice. He initially wanted to push it back a little bit, but now I'm hearing he's, he's saying July. So I think there's a good chance it could happen in July. I think if Wilder wants it and, and you know, Heyman and, and, and Shelley can't dissuade him of that, um, well, that's that's and the Aram right? has incentive to put it on in July. I mean, I, you know, Fury doesn't really have a choice because it's in the contract. So, um, you know, if 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 Wilder and his team are pushing it, then then they got to make it in July. Well, I'm I'm going to respectfully disagree and say I don't think it's happening next. Okay, okay. I think uh, I think there are a number of business reasons that are either true or can be exaggerated to convince Wilder, you know, it's not in his best interest money-wise to take this fight at the time. And mm. uh, again, as, as we said, you know, if I'm his manager, I don't necessarily want that fight next. Um, and I think Wilder can 
probably be convinced that it, there are other ways to go. So I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I don't think it will happen okay. next. Well, so, so you're saying that them exercising the clause is just the start of negotiations. Then. I think so. I mean, look, have, have we definitively seen a clean bill of health for for Wilder? Um, all we've heard is that the year was was we've a heard cut. it wasn't right. We've heard it wasn't broken. Right. Um, no broken jaw, or we would have heard about that. I mean, he bled from the mouth, but it wasn't a broken jaw, apparently. So. Well, I mean, I, I guess it goes back to you know, do you believe everything that comes out of the camp? I mean, certainly when you've got you know eight figures at stake, there's a lot of uh, there's a great incentive to put a lot of disinformation out there. I don't know. I mean. I, I'd have to say so you're hearing some things. Or? No, not really. Not, no, no, not not at all. Not at all. I, I, I not not that. But I, I'm just going to say I don't think this is going to happen next. I think someone someone's going to find an out, and mm. um, you know, I think if you want to maximize Wilder's long term career, that, that this fight should not happen. So it's it. Probably you you saying it's going to happen from the Wilder side. I mean, Aram had said he would like to push it back a little bit, right? And if Wilder was going, he to, doesn't want to bring it back. And right if, if Wilder, I mean, he's he's uh, announced that he's going to retain Mark Breland as his trainer. But yes. if he wanted to bring someone else in or develop a new style, I mean, that's something that you know would benefit. He would benefit by having a couple of camps and you know a couple of lesser fights, like against a. You know, Charles Martin or an Andy Ruiz or, or something to, to get him ready. Um, so I, I'm going to say I don't think it's going to happen next. Okay, okay. Bold prediction, bold prediction, bold prediction. So, uh, all right. Well, I think that was that was good. I mean, we don't, you know, everyone's probably seen and heard enough about the fight at this point. Uh, but uh, very interesting. I mean, you know, of course, you know, we've got the – now all the belts are in the U.K., man. They were all in the U.S. for a little bit. Now they're now they're back in the U.K. It's, yeah, I mean, well, here's another thing too. I mean, all due respect to our boy uh, Mike Barreo. It always seems like we got to bring up Barreo when you and I get together. But uh, and, and Charles Martin, um, you know, as far as U.S. heavyweights coming up behind Wilder, you see anybody out there? I mean, in the U.K., you've got. Fury, you got Joshua, and you got Daniel Dubois, who looks like he's sure. he's the real deal. Um, here in the states, what do we got, man? I mean, are we ever going to get those belts back? <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the boxers come here, but uh, they're not from here. Right, um, right, right. You know, last year we were hearing about Jermaine Franklin. Well, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> right. Not that he's lost, but yeah, Jarrell you know, Miller. I don't know. Yeah, Jarrell Miller. Let's see what, what he looks like when he comes back. Um, Let's see. I mean, I'm, let me pull up my heavyweight rankings and see who, who we have here as, as maybe the next best American. So, well, probably Michael Hunter, right? You got you got Jarrell. Michael, Michael Hunter is a well. Well, Andy Ruiz. I, Andy Ruiz is still, I, still I, I know he fought for Mexico in the Olympics, um, but I consider him American. He uh, doesn't consider himself American so much, but I mean, I think he identifies more as Mexican, but. Uh, but yeah, he was born in the states. You've got right? Ruiz, so you've we'll got Hunter. Um, <laughs> it's 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 slim pickings. I mean, who's next? I mean, Terrell Miller, Charles Martin, who just beat Joe Washington. I mean, <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking like you know, 
there there's no like American corollary to uh, Daniel Dubois, right? There's no like guy you're seeing who's like lighting it up, young guy. You know, that's that's uh, kills me, man. No, well, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, if we get some good heavyweight fights and all these guys fight each other, and to me, if, if if we see the good fights and we see some the best fighting the best, I'm I'm not primarily concerned with their nationality. I mean, of course. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm not. No, I'll, 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 be, I'll be very happy to pay my hundred bucks to see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Oh, absolutely. And hopefully, and hopefully in Britain or Wales, uh, in front of ninety thousand people at a football stadium, and not in an antiseptic uh, stadium in, in in Saudi Arabia. But <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think we probably will see it in an antiseptic stadium in uh, Saudi Arabia because uh, there's just so much money that, that that's coming from the the, the Saudis, right. but. Uh, but no, I completely agree. I mean, it's. I just want to see excitement when I'm watching a fight. If I'm not at, when I'm at the fights too, but but I mean, you know, I love seeing Joshua and and, and Wembley and ninety people, ninety thousand people going crazy. I mean, that, that fires me up. I mean, know? remember remember Lennox Lewis for Frank Bruno? How exciting that Absolutely. was in an outdoor stadium. Absolutely, I, mean, I think they fought in the rain, if I remember. Yeah, and, man. Uh, if if we can get anything like that um, from, I mean. Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua, I mean, that's, you know, number one versus number two right now. I mean, when Lennox right. Lewis fought Frank Bruno, Frank Bruno was was solid, but he certainly wasn't the number two guy in the world. Right. Um, and and that just brought it, I mean, that was tremendously exciting for the sport. And I, well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's no question. If that fight was in the U.K., it would just be completely bonkers, and it really belongs in the U.K., but... You know, just things the way they are. Everyone trying to squeeze every last penny out of these events. And one, one, I got to make one more point before we leave this this sure. fight. It was great, and and we're Kurt and I are not kids, and we we can both remember when uh, when Larry Holmes fought Jerry Cooney, and uh, this was really great. And the fact that you had Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, a white man versus a black man. And race was just not even an issue. Right, right. Kudos, right. kudos to to both men for <laughs> this was just about the two the two top guys fighting each other, and it was it was really refreshing to see a fight promotion where where both men treated each other with, I mean they they certainly insulted each other, and made fun of each other, but they <laughs> right. did not sink to the they did not sink to the lowest common denominator. And right. I, was, I was very pleased because you don't it's 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 rare that a boxing promotion avoids going to the lowest level, <laughs> you know. So I. I I, was, I mean, uh, it's interesting because it took place during Black History Month, and I think Deontay's entrance, you know, definitely made reference to that, Black Excellence, Black, you know, Black History Month. That's, that's fine. That's and, fine. Uh, there were some members of the press who asked, you know, De- tried. Deontay, yeah, if it, if it was important for him to win during Black History Month, and Tyson Fury was just like, I he don't want to shut that down. He shut that down, and it was great. And it was great. And, uh, you know, we can... We can remember the the Sports Illustrated cover from was it was it eighty or eighty one when Holmes fought Cooney, when you know Holmes was the champion and Cooney was the challenger and they had that ridiculous Sports Illustrated cover with Cooney was on the on the front and then you folded it out and then you know then you saw Larry Holmes but it was it was it was really disrespectful for, for Larry Holmes. Well, well, yeah. What was even worse for that fight was. Cooney had they put a phone in, in in you know this was the eighties you know you didn't have phones everywhere then right. um, but they put a phone in his locker room. President Reagan was going to call Cooney if he won. No phone in in Larry Holmes' locker room. Right. I mean, I mean that right. you know, just tells you where we you know uh, where we were then, and, and you know 
Not to say that I, mean, I don't want to get into politics, but right. uh, yeah, you know. But uh, it's well, these guys, these guys were did, did a good job, but right, right, absolutely, absolutely. We'll we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, so yeah, man, let's talk about uh, the fights that happened last night. I mean, an absolutely stacked card. I mean, you know, if you're a boxing fan, you know, you you had to love uh, last night's lineup. I mean, that was just like you know. Damn good fight after damn good fight. Yeah, it was a good congratulations to the zone. That was a pay per view yeah, quality Eddie, fight. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Show pay per quality show. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So let's look at the main event. Um, interesting fight. You know, Mikey Garcia staying at, at welterweight, um, getting paid a shit ton of money. Seven million dollars has been reported to, to fight wow. Jesse Vargas, who arguably is not even a top ten welterweight at this point. Maybe on the fringes of the top ten. Um, I thought it was a really close fight. You know, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with the unanimous decision. I'm I'm not quarreling with the decision, but I could have seen if, if one of those judges had gone one point the other way for Vargas, I wouldn't have thought that was out of line either. It was really interesting. Tough rounds to score. It, it was really interesting this, when you think about the scoring because uh, I, I did score it for, for Garcia. Uh, I had it at 116-11. 11 Right along with two of the which, judges. Which is yeah. eight rounds, but... But uh, I was quite surprised when I showed the punch stat numbers afterwards. Uh, Garcia only landed eight more punches right. than, than Vargas. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the fight, Vargas did really well early. Did, you know, pretty How did you have the first four rounds? I gave him three of the first four. I gave him all four, yeah. I okay. mean, the third round was really close. It could have yeah. went to Garcia very easily. Yeah, and, and that's, that's why I have it 16-11 instead right. of 15-12. But, you know, to me, the, the interesting thing and – then, and then Vargas came back, you know – Garcia either got tired or took his foot off the gas, and 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 Vargas worked his way back into the fight. For me, the the interesting thing was, you know, Vargas's face was a mess. Yes, and his legs were very unsteady. Right, and look, neither one of those, you know, clean face and steady legs, neither one of those are criteria for judges right. to score a fight. Right, but but it's 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 hard, you know, when. When when each guy lands two punches, and or even if, if if Vargas lands three and Garcia lands two, but Vargas's legs are unsteady and he wobbles a little bit, <laughs> it, it it it's really hard to, to give him those rounds. Right, and, right. And I think that to me that I was, think down the stretch there were more than a few of those rounds. Like after the knockdown in the fifth, it seemed like there there were at least two or three rounds where the first two minutes of the round, like Garcia just did, does not. He's very picky and choosy with his shots. And I think just because he's so damn small, you know, he's just so small for this. He really has to, like, you know, really do the calculus to, you know, I mean, as he is, as it is, he's a very cerebral fighter and doesn't waste a lot of punches. But giving away that much size and strength, it seems like he has to be extra so. And it was just like there were, you know, there were like rounds down the stretch where not like Vargas was doing a lot of great work. But he was almost doing all the work. Like, Mikey wasn't throwing any punches. But then Mikey would land something, and you'd see Vargas go, ooh, you know, like, wobble a little bit. And you're like, damn, how do you score that, you know? Right, right. I mean, you could, you could easily give Vargas the round because he, he worked harder. He worked for the, the majority of the round. But when, you know, like you said, I mean, the, the meaningful punches, the ones that are moving and making marks on somebody's face were coming from Mikey. So Right. I Look, from, from, from Garcia's point of view, I think – he probably should have. I, I think it was the eighth round when he when he hurt Vargas again. You know, he knocked right. him down in the fifth round. I think he hurt him in the eighth round. Badly, yeah. He, he really should have 
Stop trying to try to, tried to end the fight there, I think. And yeah. uh, you know, he got away with. I, I mean, look, I think he deserved the. I think he deserved the fight. Yeah, um, there's, but, there's no but, robbery, no but, robbery. But he certainly left himself vulnerable to to a Vargas comeback. Right. And and Vargas didn't quite put it together, but I, you know, look, I think a, a really really top top guy should have. You know, should have should have been able to close the show, right? And it's of course it's easier said than done. I mean, you know, Vargas is a is a crafty guy and knows how to you know excellent counterpuncher even when hurt. And he's uh, busy, yeah, he's busy. He's busy. He's busy. So, so it's easier, tricky. easier said than done. But I, I, you know, look if you're gonna, it, it's not the worst criticism against Garcia because look, he's he's fighting in a way he doesn't really belong at, and right. you know if, if he didn't beat a top twelve guy, a top ten guy, he beat a top fifteen guy. And not so controversially, but you know the, the it criticism was, is it was there wasn't a lot of separation. I didn't think in the fight. I mean, it was it you know like Garcia did not dominate that fight. That was a competitive fight from bell to bell. Right, you know, right. Um, so yeah, it, it just it's one of these things where you know I think Mikey he's an elite talent. There's no two ways about it. And I mean, this is what his fifth weight division that he's trying to win a world title in. So that's extremely impressive. But he just does not physically. Seem to belong as the world's away, and he has to be. You know, I mean, they were saying it on the broadcast too. He has to be very picky and choosy welterweight, like as as to who he fights. Like the Spences are out of out of the question for him. Crawford's probably out of the question. Well, I don't think it's out of the question for him. I think he's. I I think he'll fight fight anybody for the money. Right, it's the money. That's the thing. He's he's a businessman. I mean, Spence was a rematch with Spence was one of the fights he asked for. He did ask for a rematch with Spence, but. You know, fights he can win. Put it that way. You know, if if you put your manager's hat on, like, do you put him in there? I mean, unless you, get, I mean, obviously, money is a, always a consideration. But uh, well, I think there's there's one fight out. I'll I'll let you say, it, but there's there's one fight out there for him. Well, the one perfect fight that everyone sees, and it seems like Eddie Hearn is 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 pretty certain he can make it, and both sides want it. That that that's the key too. Tell both me who it is, Kurt. It's Manny Pacquiao. That's right, because he's. Uh, you know, and, and it works for everybody because Manny, having beaten Thurman, is certainly a legit, you know, top guy at welterweight. He has the wel- the, the full WBA or the That's super right. now. You know, he's unified the he's WBA a, title. A, a legitimate titleist. Yeah, I guess you, you yeah which say. is amazing. At yeah. 40 years old, for all the ring uh, wear that he has, I mean, for him to, to, to come up with that performance against Thurman was amazing. But they don't want, you know, I, I think it's pretty certain that Manny doesn't want Spence. Manny doesn't want Crawford, or those fights would have gotten made a long time ago. The guy they want, and the reason he was at the Spence-Garcia fight, was hoping that <laughs> Garcia would win. So now Garcia has gotten that win, a credible win, at welterweight, for sure. Jesse Vargas is, is an honest fighter. He's, like I said, he's borderline top top 10. I don't have him in my top 10, but he's close, you know. Um so he's got some legitimacy at welterweight now. Like I think that fight's times right. At times right, the only thing standing in the way. I'm just wondering. I mean, uh, you know, having talked to Tim Smith, you know, maybe months ago, but you know, after after the Thurman fight, he seemed to think that PBC had had business to do with with Manny. Like at least one more fight with PBC. Well, it was interesting. I don't. Did you? How late did you stick with the DAZN telecast? Um, I don't know if I watched it to its conclusion. Well, right at the end, uh, Chris Mannix, right before they went up there, Chris Mannix was was not speaking with first-hand knowledge, but Chris Mannix was saying well, he that, said that the manager he spoke, he spoke to Eddie Hearn 
Right. And he said Eddie Hearn believes that Manny Pacquiao has no contractual ties to, to the PBC anymore. Well, he said Manny's manager had told him that, right? That's what... That's what well, he, and he said Hearn he believed cool. it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're left to wonder, is, is Eddie Hearn... I hope Eddie looked contract? at the contract. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, look, probably two Hall of Famers, if, if, you know, fighting each other. I mean, maybe it's a bit soon to call... I, listen, Garcia is... A, I think probably a Hall of Fame. I mean, he's won four titles. You know, probably. What do you think? Would he be favored against Pacquiao? I think he would be. I mean, I don't think so. It'd be a great. Look fight. at their resumes at forty-seven, though. I mean, Manny Pacquiao just beat Keith. You know, one-time Thurman, who who many people thought was the number one welterweight. Yeah, I don't think he beat a hundred percent of Keith Thurman. I mean, listen, I, I'm a huge Manny Pacquiao fan. I mean, right. how could you not be a Manny Pacquiao fan if you like boxing? I mean, the right. guys. The guy's done nothing but but deliver excitement, you know, for what seventeen years now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, at a world He's championship like, level, it's, it's great. It, it would be it would be a, a great fight. And look, if if you don't think Mikey Garcia is a Hall of Famer now, if he were to beat Pacquiao, I mean, there'd be no fight. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Punch his ticket to, to Canastota. Uh, I think that I don't exactly know what Pacquiao's schedule and duties are. Uh, as, Summertime, as a they said they. It seems like it's all pointing towards the summertime because he fought he fought Thurman in the summertime, so I think he's he's got availability. There. I, I I think that would be a great fight. I mean, from Pacquiao's point of view, Garcia certainly you know Pacquiao's come up from from flyweight uh, in his career. Mikey Garcia is certainly not what you would call a big welterweight, <laughs> right? Uh, so right. you know they're both neither, small welterweights. They're both yeah. small welterweights. So neither one. I mean, I mean and and. Neither one of them has hesitated, shied away from tough fights right. at all in their career. So, I mean, I'd love to see that one. Yeah, it makes the most sense for everybody, you know, and it's it's a good thing that Mikey did come through and, and, and get the win and, and actually show some power at the weight, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope they can make it. I really hope they can make it. You know, I, I don't know, you know, what, what what's going on contractually, but, uh, you know, Manny always seems to have uh, some ambiguity to his contracts and uh, so we just try to make the the best deal for him and not really mindful of contracts at times. But uh, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, Manny does a lot of good things with his money. He helps a lot of people. Oh, no, I'm so, just so, trying to slander Manny back. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. You know, there's been some some controversy in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's another one we're talking about for Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know, you know, no matter what fight you put there, I'm not flying out to Saudi Arabia to see it's, what I mean. You know, it, I mean, it, 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 you know, it's the equivalent <laughs> of fighting in a television studio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, you know. right. But, but look, I mean, uh, you know, when uh, when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson, you know, Larry Merchant had the, the famous line that, that the crowd is reacting with stony with stony silence. I mean, right. there wasn't a, there wasn't a screaming there wasn't a screaming crowd. When Douglas knocked out Tyson, and, and that hasn't diminished the fight over, oh, over yeah. time either. So Absolutely. I mean, no, it's about the fighters. It's about the fighters. But, you know, you kind of would like to have a, a, a live, sure. fun audience. Um, all right. So you want to talk about um, what, what might have been the real the story of the night that won the story of the night. Um, the, the co-feature with uh, Roman uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez turning back the clock and uh, stopping... Uh, Calify. Uh, sure. What'd you think of that fight, man? What'd you think? Well, very happy for Chocolatito Gonzalez. Just just seems like a, a great guy right. and uh, very humble. You know, guy. it's a you know 
was thought to be past his championship days. And, um, you know, it's hard to believe he's only 32. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, he was probably a world champion at 20 or 21, that means. Um, and, you know, this is his fourth weight class. And now it's just, you know, he just won the WBA 115-pound championship. So it's not a new weight class for him, but it's a fifth world title for him. Right. Um, so that's great for him. To me, the story was I just – don't know what Calify was thinking. I mean, <laughs> he's an undefeated guy. Um, you know, he has an Olympic pedigree. Right. Um, so, you know, he's not a, he doesn't have to stand flat footed and slug with, you know, I can remember Gil Clancy saying never hook with a hooker. And that's exactly pretty dude, much what Yafai did. Dude, and he I, did the Dennis Eckersley, man, you know, pitching to Kirk Gibson. There's one, one place you don't want to put the ball, you know, and he put it right yeah. there and Kirk hit it out the park. You don't want to stand in there with Chocolatito. You give him his, his, his one chance to win, you know, you know his I old mean, leg. Yafai is 30. Right. And it uh, seemed like he, he was the one who got old. I don't know if he couldn't <laughs> move or, or wouldn't move or, or just pick the absolute worst strategy, but... I mean, he fought the wrong fight. Right. Um, yeah, it might have been. I mean, it, it was clearly the biggest fight he's ever been in. And, you know, Chocolatito was his hero. Um, he just seemed a little overwhelmed, you know. And, and it can happen in all honesty. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm speaking out of turn. I almost thought that happened to Wilder, to be honest with you. Looking at him coming into the ring and even in the locker room, he seemed real. I mean, I know he gets into a mood and, and so on for fights. But, I mean, in the first fight, too, his emotions kind of kind of overtook him. And I thought it kind of happened in the rematch and maybe the pressure Fury put on him. You know, he just he, he just wilted. And and Yafai, you know, just standing in there like, you know, <laughs> it was funny again, not to keep referring to Twitter, but it was funny, like, you know, people who know Cal and, and have trained him or, 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 you know, people over in, on the British boxing scene where they're like, what is he doing? Why is he staying inside? You know, you know, and then one of them was just like, you know what? This is so stupid because even if he tries to box now, he's burnt so much energy, warring it out on the inside. He's not going to be able to throw a, a, a stiff jab and, and keep this guy off of him. It's like it's, it's lost for him now. And sure enough, you know, uh, Chocolatito just walked him down. But but I mean, you know, listen. You know, for for a guy who definitely was counted out. And really, he only had, like, one really bad fight. And that was against getting, you know, waxed by uh, Sarung, you know, Sarung. And most people thought he won the first fight against Sarung Pasad. That was a war. Yeah, I agree. It was an amazing fight. I agree. It was great. But he rallied down the stretch of that fight. And, yeah. And, and came on. Like, that was a great fight. Great fight. It's at the Garden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it's he's only had really one performance where he looked finished, right? Well, there was more to it than that, though. I mean, he only had the one bad loss. But, I mean, keep in mind, this is a guy who came up as a 105-pounder. Right. And, you know, the the knock was not just that he was – I mean, it wasn't necessarily that he was shot, although that was a – you know, was quite a beating he took. But, but I mean, also, here's a guy who just rose too high in weight, just didn't – Well, he looked did, soft. He didn't bring his – and, and didn't bring it. you know, didn't – didn't seem like he brought the – I mean, he's a guy, you know, a, a, a very small guy who's – Record is something along the lines of I think forty nine wins and forty knockouts. That's, right. that's that's extraordinary for a guy that small. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's extraordinary. But it didn't seem like you know the the but it didn't seem he looked like bloated. He, he didn't seem to have in any of his fights at one hundred fifteen. Right. He didn't seem to quite have that. Right. That kind of power. could have went either way. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, to, it, it wasn't just the one loss. It was right. this guy seems to be fighting at a you know weight over over it's not, a, too not far, his best yeah. weight. And, right. 
Um, listen, all credit to him. I mean, he, he got in there, didn't cherry pick, you know, took an undefeated ch- champion, former Olympian, and took it to the guy. Right. Um, is he all the way back, though? I mean, I'm, I'm not sold he's, on that. Yeah, exactly. He seems like he's, he's maybe 80, 90% of what he was, but, but a guy who used to throw, like, effortless – Gorgeous nine, ten punch combinations. You can't block all of that. You can't slip all of that. And they're all on the money. He's not flailing when he's doing it. It's all like precise. I mean, just a beautiful fighter to watch. Like, you know, I always make the analogy to like watching Brazilian soccer at its best. Like the the way you want to like, if you want to teach a young fighter, like, you know, you want to get to the top level, you know, look at this guy. This is how you end fight. This is how you, you know, you, you, you wait for a lead and you counter off of it, but don't just counter. You got to know what, you know, like, okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not just going to counter. I'm going to, like, come with, like, these three, four shots, you know, because he's positioned a certain way. I mean, it takes a while to get there, but, I mean, you know, Gonzalez had it. And, and for this fight, you know, I mean, he took some hard shots. I mean, if I, you know, got his pound of flesh the first couple of rounds, but, uh, but he just stuck with it, and you could just see as he was – Chopping him down, wearing him down, like, you know, those three, four punch combinations started to, like, land flush. And his accuracy was there. And you're just like, damn, this guy's a great guy. It was a, it was a feel-good fight, for <laughs> sure. It was a feel-good fight. Uh, it was, you know, you don't often see a guy at this stage of his career win a fight like this against an undefeated young right. champion. And so it was, it was uh, part of what made... Uh, last night, such a great card in his own, a big part of it, because that was, that was, you know, he's he's a legend in the smaller weight classes, and and he delivered an exciting performance. Yeah, it was the one. There's so many people who wanted to see it too. They're just like, just one more, man. Give us one more, and and, and he did. He came he did. through. <laughs> so, but but going forward, you know, I mean, uh, I don't think he's done. You know, I think he's he, you know, he's he's back on top. He's got a title. You couldn't be in a more loaded division than Superfly. There's I, so I, many great fighters there now. I haven't even. Is there a rematch clause? I haven't even thought of that. Uh, mm, that's a very good question. I didn't hear anything on the broadcast about a rematch clause, so I don't know that there is. Um, but speaking of rematches, people want to see the rematch with him and uh, you know, Gallo uh, Estrada. Although you know, <laughs> their fight happened in 2012, so mm-hmm. it was like a generation. I think at 108 pounds, also. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which, although you know, that's that's only seven pounds, but for the little guys, that that's you know, a couple weight divisions. So. Right. Well, if he wants the biggest fight, I mean, uh, that might not be a bad. It might be a good time to introduce Kosei Tanaka to the American public <laughs> reunification fight. Uh, I mean, well, Co- uh, Kosei Tanaka, I don't think has a title at at, at 115. But he's moving up. He's undefeated titleist from one of the most exciting fighters, young fighters in the world. He moved up from flyweight. He's already won titles like Chocolatito. You know, I think at uh, strawweight and mini fly and and, uh, and flyweight. So you've got him. You've got, there's always Sarung Vasai again, you know, yep. for a third time. Estrada, Quadras, I think is still around. Quadras is still around. You've got, um, who else? Oh, you know, you, I mean, Donnie Nietes, who's another yeah. great fighter who gave up his title, but claims he's still active in the fight he wants, the Chocolatito fight. There's that one. You know, there's uh, you know, Kazuto Ioka, uh, another right. great fighter right. who's a champion. Right. There's a lot of good fighters down there. It's between just 112 stacked. and 115. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Cali can, uh, you know, 
put a put a tournament together. Those guys. There's so many great fighters. That would be interesting. That, yeah. would, that that would that would be perfect for World, World Boxing Boston. Super Series flyweights. Let's see it. Come on, Cali. Come on, man. Get all the champions. Wouldn't would, would you know if you have the right money, it wouldn't be impossible. Right. To get the guys from that weight class, be a lot more simpler than than in heavyweights. And most sure. of these guys fight on the zone too, so yeah. you're you're not going outside a network. So. Um, yeah, the only guy would be and Cajas is the only uh, champion who's who's outside of uh, the zone. He's top ranks guy, but hopefully top rank would be like shit. You know, listen, it would be nice if all the champions were in there, but there's right. there's, there's plenty of great fights out there. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it wouldn't be uh, less of a tournament if Cajas wasn't in it, but but yeah, man, there's a lot of options out there for for Gonzalez and you know just a lot of a lot of great fights at Superfly. Right. I mean, it begs for a tournament. And speaking of. <laughs> Well, flyweights. Flyweights, right? <laughs> Three pounds lighter. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, you know, to my mind, you know, Julio Cesar Martinez is one of these guys who, who you know, kind of comes out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, he's a young guy, hasn't had a lot of fights. But in the last yeah, year... He's, had, he's 25. He's not oh, a baby. Is he 25? He's not a baby. Okay. But he's, he's had, he's, this was his he's 17th fight. Correct. But in, in the last year, he's beaten... He beat... Three un, like three top ten flyweights, you know Andrew Selby. Um, okay, so he didn't get the win over Charlie Edwards, but everyone knows he beat Charlie Edwards. Well, he, no didn't, he, didn't, he didn't just beat Charlie Edwards. I mean, he chased him out of the flyweight division. <laughs> right, I mean, exactly. You know, Edwards didn't want a rematch. Right, I mean, for, none for me, thanks. Right, I mean, for those who uh, <laughs> uh, didn't see the fight uh, last fall, um, Martinez was challenging Charlie Edwards. Edwards was a champion at the time. He uh, knocked him down. Uh, with a body punch, and while Edwards was on one knee, it, 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 look, Edwards was clearly down. I don't think it was intentional. Who knows? But he he hit Edwards while Edwards was on a knee. Edwards couldn't continue. Um, initially, uh, Martinez was declared the winner. Then they changed it to a no contest. Ordered, Interestingly, it was the WBC. That's right. right the WBC. In. That's right. <laughs> and uh, ordered a rematch, and Edwards. Suddenly couldn't make weight anymore. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, he didn't just, I mean, he didn't beat him technically, but he chased him. Right, Chased right. him clear out of 112. We know who the better man was. And, uh, yeah, Martinez is on quite a roll. Yeah, well, then he beat uh, Christopher Rosales, another guy who was a The guy who had the title before. Right. Before another top 10 guy. So, three top 10 guys. And now he beats undefeated Jay Harris, who put up a hell of a fight. That was just a fantastic fight. Yeah. I mean, that was... I mean, that, that's got to be a point. It's all in one year's time. Four fights with, like, badass flyweights all in a, a calendar year. And for those <laughs> for those of you who didn't see Martinez and, and Edwards, take a look at that fight. I mean, that, that, that should be a fight of the year contender. I mean... Harris, you mean. The, Harris. The, yeah. the one last night. Yeah, yeah. Harris uh, is a fascinating guy. Is European champion really hadn't been tested too much. Right. His dad was a European champion, I think a featherweight champion right. um, back in the 80s or 90s. And um, this guy was working at an Amazon warehouse <laughs> and uh, had his first full training camp for this fight and, you know, looked just like a skinny young kid who, you know, looked like he was going to get broken in half by the tough Mexican guy. And he fought an unbelievable fight and, and would have beaten almost anybody else in the division. I mean, you know, he, he got marked up, but I mean... He was landing a lot of punches right down the pipe in between Martinez's guard. And, I mean, he took punches well. He moved well. He was fast. Yeah, went was, to the body well. That, yeah, that was just a really, really high level fight. And I think, you know, I, I, 
it's not often I would say that a guy cracks the top ten with a loss. Right. But I mean that that's gotta be one of those examples. I mean he was just that good. Well, and Martinez was, was 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 a little bit better. Absolutely. I mean you figure, you know, Edwards and Selby, who are, you know, also from the UK, were were definitely rated ahead of Harris and, and Martinez walked through both of those guys, <laughs> knocked them both out, you know, and then, you know, not too many rounds. So the fact that, you know, Harris was it was able to not only go the distance but make it a very competitive live fight and get up off the deck too. I mean he he got you know hit with a wicked body shot in, in the tenth round. The way he went down, I thought that was it. Yeah. Um, but he got up and, and fought his ass off after that, right to the to the final bell. I mean he ganked uh, Martinez with a pretty good shot. It, it was really inspirational <laughs> to me. I mean how he was never really a full time boxer until this. Yeah. And, I mean just hats off to to Jay Harris and yeah. And I don't even. I, I, I mean, to me, the, the fact that he put on such a great performance makes Martinez that much more impressive. Yeah, I mean. absolutely. Absolutely. This guy came with his absolute best and, uh, and, and you know, it was clearly had some tools. If, now, what do you think of this comparison of memory? You're a little bit better than with the boxing history. <laughs> is, is Martinez a, a new version of Humberto Chiquita Gonzalez? Hmm. That's a 108-pound champion from the early 90s who had some... A couple of absolute wars with Michael Carbajal. Um, that's that's a really interesting because they're both really short guys. Um, you know, Chiquita could box too. Like he he could move and box. I remember him surprising Carbajal with that and beating him like that. Um, and maybe switch it a little bit, but but the way Martinez does it, it's, just, it's like effortless. It's effortless. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I don't think they're carbon copies, but it, it, you know, it's he's kind of in that similar mode. Like he, you know, when he lets his hands go, he's an all-action fighter. I mean, he's 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 can't miss. Uh, can't, he, he, he must, must see TV to to me. He has a style to me, just the way he attacks in kind of ambushes. You know, like like he doesn't do much. He lays back. He doesn't do much, and then he'll throw like you know six, seven, like just you know home run shots. Kind of reminds me of Louis Neary, actually, the, the, the Bantamweight from sure. Mexico. That's the way he fights. Um, you know, he hangs back, he hangs back, and then when he lets go, he lets go hard. And guys, you know, when, again, just the way Chocolatito does it, when, when someone throws, you know, six, seven punches at you, you can't slip and block all of them. Some are going to get through, and if they're throwing heavy, you know, you're going to get hit flush with a heavy shot. So, uh, you know, he, he, that's kind of his his style, that ambush style, and you know, it, it's it's no one's figured it out yet. Right. And again, we're talking three pounds difference from 115. Right. Like we so. I've heard, I've heard, because <clears throat> um, I think uh, he's got the same trainer as Canelo, right? Reynoso, yeah, Reynoso. So they said that you know he's got a little more work to do before uh, before he goes up to 15. They're going to hold him off from from moving up just yet. But uh, they're looking at a unification match with uh, Marudi uh, Mathalani, the, the South African, who's another just all-action, right. you know, heavy puncher. I mean, that's, that's a dream fight. And, and I'm glad this kid has a spot on the zone because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know anytime he fights, I'm, I'm in front of the TV. I, mean, I, I want right. to see it. Right. And, and that one would be just, you know, right. Man, delicious. When was the last time you lost to fight, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, uh, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he's, you know, he's, uh, he's tried and true, tested right. warrior. It'd be good to, good to see these little guys get their moment, you know, to make some money and get their moment in the spotlight. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't know if, I don't know if it would be his own main event, but uh, wherever it is, I'm watching it. Right, right, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that, that, that would be such a fun fight. Um, continuing with this card, um, uh, Joe Parker, uh, sure. 
top 10 heavyweight, former WBO champ, uh, had kind of a stay busy win. He was in there with a guy who, you know, was definitely undersized and was like 39 years old. I mean, you were expecting kind of a blowout, but, uh, you know, uh, Shondell Winters hung in there, you know, he gave an honest effort. Yeah. You know, that, and not even, I mean, for, for, for a telecast opener, it would have been very easy for them to just give Parker a, a no hoper, right? And uh, I try not to use the word bum to to right, you know right. get fighting. But it would have been it would have been very easy to put Parker in there with a guy who had absolutely no chance of doing anything just to get Parker. You know, Parker for those of you who don't know was coming back from a spider bite right. and hadn't fought in I think eight or nine or ten months or so. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, he had to pull out of a fight against Derek Chisora. Right. So, you know, getting him an, an, an easy win. You know, would have been par for the course, and they they put him in with a guy who came to win, took it seriously. You know, a little bit too old, a little bit too small, but clearly could fight. And you pointed out he pulled a couple of upsets in his last two fights. And yeah, he beat uh, he beat a um, heavyweight that was in a Lou DiBella stable, who a lot of people were high on uh, Alexander uh, Tezlenko, who I've seen fight. He's a solid fighter. You know, he looked like a legit prospect. And uh, the fact that Winters knocked him out and had beaten some other guys, too, um, you know, it's like it wasn't a total softy they put him in there with. They put him in there with a guy who was, who was coming to win, you know. Even. I'd like to see Winters uh, get some decent cruiserweight fights. Exactly. He needs I mean, to go back to cruiserweight. He, he, he seems to be on a path to be the new Garrett Wilson. Right. But uh, a guy who, you know, may not win all, may not win many of his fights, but you know, is always in an exciting always fight, always in is an honest effort, and, right. and is not to be, you know, not to be trifled with. Interesting. You know, Parker is kind of, you know, one of these uh, odd men out now. Like, Parker's a guy I, I like to watch, and I think he's a legit heavyweight who, you know, could, could, could you know, give, give trouble to the major players. I mean, his fight with Joshua was fairly competitive. Um you know, from, from here, it's like, you know, what do you do if you're, if you're, if you're Parker? Because, Dillian White, it seems like they're going to, I mean, Dillian White, I mean, he's like, you know, everybody's stuntman, it seems like. It's like he's he's continually been like a top contender and fought like really tough fights. And now he's got another one. They're putting him in there with Pavekin and he beat Joseph Parker. So Parker, it's like, you know, I, I was looking in the ratings. I see he's the highest is he's number two in the WBO. Um and it's interesting what's going on with the WBO because Joshua has that title. They were initially arguing with the IBF that their mandatory trumped it, and I think Hearn eventually it got looks them like the IBF to agree yeah. that the IBFs was, was which is cool and, cool and yeah. they shouldn't strip Joshua. Um, and in the meantime, of course they shouldn't, and they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, there has to be this revolving system that you know Pat especially, English was talking about, like, especially when there's not, <laughs> especially when there's not. You know, who, I mean, Pulev, accomplished guy. I've known him, you know, been involved in some of his big fights uh, when, when I worked with Sauerland. You know, very accomplished guy. I mean, but... Legit top 10 guy. Right, but, I mean, if you don't fight him, should you really be stripped of, your, of a heavyweight championship? Right. And I think that's kind of the question that gets lost in this too much. I mean, you know, he's not a... He's a very accomplished guy, but it, it's, you know... He's kind of been sitting on the ranking a little bit for a couple of years, right, waiting right, for his turn, and right. you know hasn't, hasn't. Well, he missed out on his shot because he got injured, right? Um, then uh, was it Carlos Takam take his place because he was the uh, the man? Yeah, the but uh, you know, look, he's 
He's fought some safe opponents. Right, so right. No, no, no doubt about that. But, I mean, look, you mentioned the WBO. If I'm, and we're, we're talking about Parker here. I think Parker versus uh, Usyk would be a great fight. Alexander Usyk. I mean, I agree. Parker is uh, not a small heavyweight, but he's not a supersized heavyweight. He's about right. 240, 245 pounds. Right. Uh, to me, that would be a, a perfect step up to see how Usyk does. I mean, you know, to me... Uh, you know, being Chaz Witherspoon does not <laughs> entitle you. Does not. Does that not was in, really just dipping your toe into the right. Water. I mean, I, that you don't. <laughs> wasn't deserve, jumping you're in. You're not a mandatory to me, <laughs> right? By beating Witherspoon, and now granted, I mean he clean, absolutely cleaned out the cruiserweight division, right? So uh, he's got Chisora in May, so that that's a tough fight. Usyk does. And I don't know if that's going to be some sort of final eliminator or what have you. I mean, listen, I, I would love Parker's hanging listen, there, Listen, if, if you go Witherspoon, Chisora, Parker, and he comes through with three wins, I mean, then, then, he you know, then, he's, a, then, then he's a mandatory. And then you can yeah. say, okay, here's a guy, if you avoid this guy, you know, maybe maybe you should get stripped. Right. Um, right. I don't right. want to see anybody stripped. But, right. I mean, then you can really say, look, this, this guy has uh, Usyk. If he can get through those guys... He he deserves and 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 by the same token, if Parker beats Usyk, then you can say, you know what, this, guy, this guy deserves another title shot. Absolutely, absolutely, he's, yeah, he's earned it. Absolutely, yeah. I think you know, I mean, with with Parker, you know, it's it's kind of a waiting game right now because you know, obviously, Wilder Fury is is you know mandated for a rematch. Joshua has Pulev, um, and Usyk is already installed as the mandatory. You know, doesn't have to take that Chisora fight. Um, but he is taking it. I think he needs to take it for, you know, marketing purposes. Yeah, I mean, he can't just sit there. And and I think to 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 also, I mean, he feels like he needs another fight at heavyweight. He's gonna fight an Anthony Joshua. Right? Do you want to do you want to just fight for the championship, or do you want to win a championship? <laughs> right, right. I think right. he wants to win a championship. You need to test yourself and acclimate yourself against these massive heavyweights who are swinging, you know. Grenades at you. I, I think from Parker's point of view, I think the the hard the hard part is is you know if you're if 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 you're the Daniel Dubois or the Philip Hergoviches and you're thinking about okay how do I how do I make that transition how do I make that transition from prospect to, to legitimate contender I think they're all going to be looking at Parker as this is the That's guy right. this is the guy you know he doesn't do anything spectacularly he's just he's a very solid guy but. You know, I'm sure all these guys are looking at him saying, you know, that's the guy I can beat right. to get my to get to my name legit. in the mix. Right. And right. so I'm sure Parker's going to be trying to fend off all of those offers. And, you know, maybe someone will put enough money in front of him that it'll be worth it. But, you know, do you want to do you want to, you know, be that gatekeeper or do you want to try to fight up? And, and Usyk is the fight up and someone like Hergovich or or. or um, I think I think it'd probably be Dubois. That, that's because Dubois is already like rated fairly high. I mean, not like the WBO controls anything, but he's fairly high up in those ratings. And Joe Joyce is also in those ratings, right? So it's possible that Dubois could even leapfrog Parker. You know, if, I don't know if the Joyce fight has any sanctioning body minor title attached to it. But uh, obviously, the winner of that fight is in the mix. I think you know. I mean, two two young undefeated guys who. You know, don't really have any big wins, but they've beaten decent opposition. I think the winner of that fight you can definitely consider. I mean, it's hard at this point, if you've seen Dubois fight, it's hard to imagine him not winning a championship. I mean, <laughs> this guy is, you know, future champion written all over him. Absolutely. That's not to say it's going to happen. I mean, 
Joyce is, I mean, to me, that's a tough fight, man. Uh, I don't know. Joyce is Everyone not says the Joyce quickest is so guy. Slow, yeah, but I don't think Dubois is either. And okay. That was my first impression of him when no, I that's saw a, him. That's a, I think that's a, he's slow. That's a great fight. And it's and it's it's a, it's a really uh, Exhibit A, or maybe Exhibit B, but why, why boxing? It's like a golden age in England. Right. These guys are fighting each other. You know, these exactly. two young undefeated. Well, no, Joyce isn't. Joyce isn't young, but uh, he's undefeated. Right. Um, but they're fighting each other. They're yes. putting the, they're putting the zeros. They're putting the, the O's on the line and right. and giving the fans the fights they want to see. And they're not just sitting around. They're not marinating. They're not yet. waiting for their name to get called. You know, <laughs> right. just just marking time the way uh, you know some other heavyweights are. Absolutely, absolutely. Now it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Parker and with Dubois and uh, Usyk in the next year. There's definitely going to be. Uh, uh, some uh, some shuffling in uh, you know as 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 the forces gather behind. Uh, and did, did you say Hergovic and and Tony Yoka and you know, <laughs> Jarrell Miller is going to be back in the mix? And so there there's some good fights coming up in the heavyweight division. Definitely. These guys are gonna these guys are gonna have to you know these guys are gonna have to fight each other. Some of these well, I think are. I think also too the fact that those guys are coming up. It may, it's imperative that Joshua Fury and Wilder get their fights in with each other now. You know, because it's very popular. You know, once these guys come up, you know, that you could get knocked off, you know. And, and, and right now, you three are sitting at the top, and there's a lot of money being thrown around. Make the fights. Right, Make exactly. the fights. I don't think Tyson Fury is here for a long time. I think he's here for a good time. So right. Let's, let's get this stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So one other fight on the card um, that I, I want to talk about uh, was uh, Madrimov uh, fighting Charlie Navarro. Um, you know, th- this fight went as you would expect it. It was, uh, you know, a veteran 40-year-old contender. Somehow, some way, the WBA made I'm this... I'm using a, air quotes on the term contender. Exactly. Somehow, the WBA made this an eliminator. Um, and, and, and Madrimov, too. I mean, the guy's, tw- I mean, guy's 25 years old. This was his fifth fight. What is the rush? I mean, I get that he had a massive amateur career and, and was, you know, pretty successful in the... But he was, I don't even think he was an Olympian. Well, don't get me started because he was in the he was in the World Series of Boxing. <laughs> he had a bunch of fights. So to me, those are pro fights. Those are pro. So, like so six if, and if, one, if you're going to say he's five and zero, oh, to me that that's misleading. Okay, so I, 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 I don't so accept he's five eleven and one. He's eleven and one. <laughs> and he had some good wins in, in in the World Series of Boxing. He beat uh, Arlen Lopez from from Cuba twice, who's an excellent amateur. He beat uh, Vikas Krishnan, who uh, who beat. Errol Spence, but then they overturned it in that Olympics, and then uh, in this last Olympics, he beat uh, um, Charles Conwell. So, really good amateur. Top rank has signed him. I think he's actually he had two pro fights, but now he's angling for the 2020 Olympics again. So he's one of these. Are you talking like, about Madrimov? No, I'm talking about a, a Christian. Okay. Um, so uh, he's one of these like forever amateur guys. But uh, yeah, we're gonna have to address that in a future show. <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be quite a few. Uh, Olympians, uh, uh, you know, pros, pros going back down to the Olympics. It's just so unfair. I mean, it's it's not like, I don't know. It, let's save that for another, yeah, let's exactly, save that for another podcast. Exactly. But I don't know. I, I just think experience at the amateur level, or even at the World Series of Boxing level and, and, and pros, it's two different things. I mean, when you're going 10, 12 rounds, you need that experience. You need to get those rounds in. Why are they pushing these, especially it's the Eastern European guys? But, but wait a minute. If you sit, if you sit back. Take away, take away the eliminator aspect of it, right? If you take away the eliminator, you have a guy fighting a, a, 
with almost double digit losses. Right. So, you know, it's a that's not an unreasonable no, 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 yeah. fight. I mean, that, that's not an that's a good well, fight. for a fifth fight. It's a little challenging, but still, you know, it's not completely out well, of what you, possibility. What do you want? What are you complaining about, Kurt? What I'm complaining about is it was an eliminator, and now they're talking about putting him in there with Arislandi Lara or uh, or uh, Jason Rosario. I mean, you know, maybe he even beats those guys, but then what? You know, it's like now you got to fight the very best in the world. You haven't fought a twelve. You haven't fought a ten rounder. You're twenty five. You've only had like five, six fights. I mean, you know, I mean, they they did this yeah. with David Reed. I mean, I, you know, Bahado, like pushing these guys too fast. Why? You know, you could season this guy a little more and be sure that he's ready for these fights instead of just throwing them, I mean, especially against an Aristlandy Lara. Well, let's see. I mean, this was a WBA eliminator. <laughs> you know, they're they're not averse to creating some titles and right. You know, like he could be fighting. Yeah, for the, be, uh, the for hubcap the for the Yeah, Sergio Mora calls him the what the hubcap title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, that's a good line. Um, I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I it, listen. It was a pre- the, the fight. It was a good step from a dream off. Uh, I mean, yeah, he 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 handled his business. You know, I mean, you know, he. Uh, you know, Navarro came to win. You know, he was throwing some good counters early. But, uh, yeah, Madrimov, I mean, it just seems like he needs work, too. I mean, he a lot of wasted motion. You know, I mean, if, if he got in there with a sharpshooter, you know, hands down at the wrong time. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, everybody thinks they're Lomachenko, you know. Um, and, and they're, and they're going to win the title in, like, five, six fights. And with all the titles out there, it's possible you could. But, you know, 154 pounds is no joke, though. No, no. The guys at the top... You know, they keep bumping each other off, but they're all serious business. They're all good fighters. So, I don't know, man. I just, whoever's managing these guys, I think, is doing a shit job. Well, you know, look, you've got some other stuff, too. I mean, uh, most of the top 154 pounders are on the other side of the street with PBC. And, you know, maybe there's some pressure there to kind of get somebody to get some of these, get some of those belts away. uh, You know, get some of those belts away from the Al Heyman fighters. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, if you leave it to the fighters, they're going to, you know, they'll say, yeah, I'll fight anybody, especially the Eastern European guys. They just, they're, they're macho. Um, but I don't know, man. I think I think if you're a management, even if you've got a, a great, I mean, you know, I'm sure Roy Jones was really freaking talented, too, at five fights. And, sure. You know, I mean. That's a great point. But they seasoned him. and That's a great point. He had a long-ass career, you know. That's David good. Reed, Fernando Vargas, not so much. Well, David Reed, I mean, well, Reed, there was a good reason right. because he had the droopy eyelid. They, right. they, they. I mean, I don't fault Goose and Tudor for for pushing him like they did. Or no, it was America Presents. I'm sorry, right. it was the other Goose in incarnation. Right. Um, Fernando, I mean, Fernando kind of wanted to be pushed and and Vargas, really, Vargas, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, he was done by the you know by the time he was in his late twenties. But you know. That's what happens when you fight Felix Trinidad. <laughs> right, right. And also gained forty pounds between fights. Yeah, yeah, he didn't he didn't live a Spartan lifestyle. That's 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 for sure. But uh, you know, great talent. Great talent. Just felt like they could have held him back a little more. But, you know, what are you gonna do, man? Um so anyway, I, I did want to get to since I've got you here, um, you who uh, knows the business of boxing. Um, interesting article in Boxing Insider and also Aram on a couple of podcasts has been out there talking about uh, the sale of Top Rank. Um, I don't think it really got that much coverage compared to 
what what a massive story this could be. Right, right. Well, with the, I think one detail a lot of people are missing from the Business Insider article as well is that he they're only talking about selling 40% of the company. They're not talking about selling it wholesale. Right. <laughs> my, my understanding is is that uh, the company's top rank. Right. Bob Arum is, uh, you know, not only the, the figurehead of the company, he's a part owner. He's not a full owner. Right. And my understanding is, just, just for your listeners, is that Bob Arum, who's in his upper 80s now, is talking about selling his interest right. in the company. Right. So uh, his uh, son-in-law or stepson, sorry. Stepson. Tom I think it's his stepson, yeah. Is, is not going to be selling the company. Right. His, uh, or his, his interest his, in the company. Right, right, right. So um, it's not a whole it, – it, it's a – it's essentially a stock transaction. Right. And I think the idea is to sell it to a company that can bring something to the table that top rank doesn't have. The ideal the ideal buyer would, would have some kind of a new platform or or just somehow uh, have some kind of uh, uh, combination, uh, be, be able to combine their skill set with top rank skill set. They'd be simpatico. That's what I was looking for. Right. They'd be simpatico right. with top rank and, 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 and make the whole pie bigger. That, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really interesting uh, to, to, to think about it because I, you know, I did a whole podcast with, uh, with John Nash about the PBC. You know, there are big rumors about the PBC being sold or at least a percentage of it. You know, uh, was it Waddell Reed was talking about putting up, you know, with their ownership stake. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, those, those are for the most part, the two biggest, I mean, Matchroom is obviously very big as well and has a lot of fighters and a, and a big TV deal. Um, but top rank and PBC, those are the major players in the sport. Um, but it's interesting cause, uh, you know, they're talking about, they had discussions with Endeavor, which, which owns the UFC. Um, who else were they talking about? The zone, which I was like, wow, they're talking to the zone. Um, which would be interesting. I mean, DAZN apparently was in discussions at one time to to pick up a percentage of a Bellator. Right. Um, so it's not the first time they've been at the table talking about a, a, a fight promoter. And, uh, and who else was it? Oh, it was a Liberty Global, some sort of telecom firm. Well, I mean, we're getting this from, from Adam, though, right? So, I mean, he's trying, right, to, right, he's right. trying to create a bidding war. Right. Well, listen, he's, he's 88 years old. I mean... But why would, he, why would he put this out in the open instead of keeping it... Uh, Behind, obviously, he's not happy with the offers, right? I mean, he's looking for a bidding war, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, Look, UFC went for what four billion dollars a couple years ago, and they're saying this. I mean, nobody's saying this is going to (laughs) surpass UFC, but they're saying it's going to be the biggest transaction since the UFC. There's been a little bit of reporting on the numbers. Okay. Um, Well, what do you know? um, Well, what's been reported is that they were looking for between two fifty and three hundred million for forty percent. Okay. And thus far, they uh, maybe the best offers are like in the uh, one hundred and fifty range. You know, it's, it's really it's really interesting. I was thinking, which about, which is funny. So you would value the company then at three hundred. What would that be? Seven fifty. Yeah, seven fifty. Yeah, but but it, but it's interesting. I mean, I, I was thinking about where what on my way over here. What, what's what's the value in, in top rank, right? And I I broke it down to to really four areas. You have the the expertise in the company. Which is you know their matchmakers, their Bob and Todd, their their ability to promote, their ability to create interest, their ability to acquire fighters. So you have the you know the, their ability to develop, develop, to develop and it's which is second on, to none, yeah. unparalleled. So right. that's 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 one asset. 
Um, number two is um, their deal with ESPN, right. which is uh, I think was reported to be a seven-year deal. Seven-year, twenty eighteen. And and Max Kellerman on his show said it's ninety million a year. So seven okay, years. so I mean, so that's value. Yeah, that's that's you could you know, oh, absolutely you can sit down and figure out what the present value of that contract is. So you know you've got the and with Endeavor, the value might be negotiating a much bigger deal, which is what they did with the UFC. That was part of their pitch, right? Was was that, you know, listen, you know, you know, to get people on board, it was, you know, other investors was like, listen, you know, once we get a hold of this company, the TV deal is going to go away. You know, they were saying they were going to get like 400 million a year or something. They didn't get that, but, you know, pretty much they, they've been hitting the numbers that, that, that they projected, or at least outwardly they've been... Mm-hmm. Telling people that they have, but 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 I'm saying they, 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 if if you have a contract that's giving you uh, ninety Some million dollars a yeah, year for yeah. five years, I mean that there's there's, there's a, seven years. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that, is there seven years left? Is oh no no, it's 2018. They right, so, so, so yeah, there's five or six right. years left. So I mean right. you you can that that's that's a pretty easy thing to value right. for the for the accountants and the the number of crunches to value. Uh, you know the talent you have to see are, are these guys locked in. Uh, you know, are they? Do they have employment contracts? Can they just leave and up and go to PBC or to Zone? Right. I mean, that's that's, like that's something. Um, you know, the third the third thing is the library. Yes. I mean, ten thousand fight deep library stretching back to Muhammad Ali. Um, you know, there are so many networks these days that there's a lot of value in content, right? I mean. You could do one. Yeah, I don't you could, you want to talk could, about the library. Yeah, you can do. Ahead. You can do one. Five, well, well, yeah, okay. But I mean, you know, you have one live show a week, and you can fill up a lot of time with. Top Rank's got some great fights in there, right? And then the fourth thing, which is really more difficult, is well, the boxers have under contract. So right. I mean, those, th- those are really the four things. So I mean, okay, who does Top Rank have? They've got Lomachenko. Uh, they've got Terence Crawford. Um, they've Tyson got Fury. T- Tyson Fury. Um, <laughs> They've got Monster Inoue. Yeah, you got Inoue. You got Josh Taylor. You got Better Biev, Jose Ramirez, Tiafima Lopez, but Shakur think, Stevenson. But that's, but that's a little harder to evaluate. I mean, right. how long are these guys going to be? I mean, you listen, are those great fighters? Yes. Would, would any promoter love to have a, a roster like that? Absolutely. You know, um, but if you're talking about $300 million, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, how many times are these going to? Uh, how many times are these guys going to fight? You know, I mean, or, I mean, look at look at DAZN. They paid a fortune to get Canelo Alvarez, and I mean, they're you know, they're not getting the the blockbuster fights I think they thought they were going to get. Right. Um, right. You know, so that that's 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 harder value, and yes. I'm, I'm it certainly has value. I mean, yes, you're televising Lomachenko, Terence Crawford, but I mean, Terence Crawford is as great as he is. How valuable is it when you when you can't get a marquee opponent for him? Yeah, see, this is the big difference between the UFC and any of the boxing entities, right? Like the UFC had all, had all the best talent, so the the best are going to fight the best, and they they you know Bellator and one. I mean, there, there's other companies out there, PFL, but you know everyone like when people talk about MMA, they don't even call it MMA; they call it UFC. Exactly. I'm going to watch Synonymous, the UFC yeah. fight. You know, and, and, and they have a brand, which is another thing that you didn't mention because Top Rank doesn't have a brand like UFC. You say, I'm going to go see a UFC fight. 
You don't say I'm going to go see a top rank fight. You're going to right. you say I mean, I'm I mean, going to see. They own the intellectual property, but I would say it's right. probably not worth that much. Right. You know? exactly. Just to say a top rank fight doesn't. Right. People wouldn't even know what you're talking. What's a top rank fight? Oh, you mean the you know, Terence Crowder or Lomachenko? I've heard of him. You know. Um, so yeah, like you cannot value it. You know. At that UFC level, it's just you know you don't have it, and not only that, right? Because because if if two guys that you've never heard of are fighting for a UFC championship, it's it becomes a meaningful fight to a lot of people just because it's a UFC championship, right? If if two guys are fighting, you know, for on top rank or for a top rank championship, that doesn't really well, yeah, top rank you. doesn't have a championship, right. but that's a, another difference between the sports. Right, exactly, is that the promoters own the titles, right? It's a Bellator title. It's a PFL title. It's the UFC title. There's no top rank title, right. which you know, arguably, if that's a good thing, you know, for for sports, you know, you're supposed to. Well, I mean, with boxing, they botch it, but you're, you know, you're, you don't you don't think the WBO is the top rank title right now? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, can, you can make the argument that they have a stranglehold on some of these sanctioning bodies, but but yeah, and, and another thing too, and, and and John Nash went through this on a Show Money podcast that I, I recommend people listen to the last Show Money podcast. But it's margins too, like with the UFC, you know, they don't pay the fighters, and you know what? what I mean, I think in, in the court documents in their lawsuit, it's come out that what eighteen percent of, of of revenue goes to the fighters on these events, right? Um, you know, those are massive margins, right. you know, so, so you're making out if you're, if you're right. on the UFC end. Boxers get a lot more than 18%. Apparently yeah. top rank had to, I mean, and they actually filed motions to, to try and keep this, this, uh, these numbers out. But, you know, John went to the trial and I think he actually saw what the numbers were. Apparently top rank pays like, you know, on average, like 70, around 70% to the fighters. So they're only getting. These numbers came out in the. In the in the UFC uh, antitrust uh, lawsuit that's ongoing, the the fighters are suing the UFC, um, you know, uh, on antitrust saying grounds. It's a monopoly. The UFC yeah, saying monopoly, it's right. monopolies that suppressed wages is one of the claims. So, um, so yeah, so you know, as far as valuing things, you know, and, and comparing it to the UFC and saying you want to deal like the UFC, it's just that's not going to happen. But but you know, just and, and you know, I mean, John was saying basically. Uh, you know, their margin, like, you know, all in, I mean, you know, 70, 30 is on the events, just like all in their margins, like 8%, like a good year for them is they make like $10 million a year. Top rank. Top rank. Yeah. 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 So and maybe that was before the TV deal, these numbers. Um, so maybe the numbers are a little different now. So, you know, we don't know, you know, we're not claiming we know the, you know, top ranks, inner workings and their numbers, but just what's publicly available, um, or what you can dig up in a court case, um, that seems to be, you know, the numbers. So, I mean, to my mind, if, if, if PBC and Top Rank are out there, if you really wanted to, like, make a mark in boxing, you have, you'd have to buy them both. You know, I mean, if you're just buying Top Rank, what are you really buying? You know, you're buying, like... Well, we talked about the, you know, you, you're buying the contract, which right. has worth, but... Right. right, you're buying you're buying the TV contract, and maybe you can do better on it. Maybe you can make some money off of that. The fight library is interesting because, you know, a few years ago before YouTube, you know, in the 90s when uh, ESPN bought Bill Caton's fight library, it went for $100 million. I mean, and that was 1990s money, you know. I mean, that was a significant Standard, amount of money. Yeah. 
But his his film collection was rare, right? It was really rare. You're going back to Jim Corbett for that one, Exactly. Right? Like, he bought up films that were illegal to buy. You weren't allowed to, like, you know, from the Jack Johnson, uh, uh, Jeffries fight. You know, when they showed it in theaters, it caused race riots back in the day. So there was literally federal law that you could not transport fight films across state lines. So I don't know how Bill Caton actually acquired all these things. Might not have been legal transactions. I don't know how it went down. But somehow, like, all of these fight films that hadn't seen the light of day in many years ended up in his hands. And uh, he was able to get ESPN, which was, which was at the time, um, starting a new channel, ESPN Classic. Um, he was able to, to sell it for 100 I have to digress. I can remember our friend, the late, great Johnny Boz, talking about that and, and telling me, uh, complaining about Caton's library. Yeah. And then he wanted to start a class yeah, action. Exactly. He came that, to me with that. Yeah, that, was, that would have been such an interesting lawsuit. Yeah, he's like, they don't have all that documented. Yeah, they don't, they don't they have that. Didn't. Yeah. Well, at this point in time, too, I think some of that stuff is in public domain just because the copyrights have run yeah. out. But, uh, you know, John Johnny Boz, uh, you know, as always, he was his idea and thought process was was one hundred percent on the money. The, the execution wasn't always there, but the, but but he was he his was, heart was in the right place. Yeah. yeah, but with you know with the library, you know, it, it, it's interesting because they have an amazing library, but with the advent of YouTube, I mean, probably most of that stuff is is on YouTube, and, and I don't know how well they really police that IP. Um, and another thing, I've been really disappointed. I mean, they've just kind of slapped it on to the ESPN Plus uh, site. Um, there's so many great films, and Bob is 88, and he was there for all of these, and his memory's still intact. You're telling me you can't do some sort of program? You know, do five minutes with Bob talking about the fight. I'm sure he's got amazing stories about those Ali so, fights. So what I'm hearing from you is you're basically saying that there is a lot of value in that. And that that, that, that that top rank is not exploiting the value right. there. They need to so yeah. that if someone if someone knows what they're doing and knows how to maximize that, they should be willing to pay up for that because you're saying there's some there some could be some potential. Value. Yeah, you know, I guess I guess I mean there aren't that many fights that I really want to see that I, you can't just find on YouTube though. Right. I mean right. so. Well, yeah. So, I mean, so what do you? So, what's the library worth unless you create some value with it, with with Bob? And also, I mean, God, ESPN's got all these. Like, they've got a small army of commentators now. They've got Max. They've got Mark Kriegel, Tessitore, Bernardo Osuna, Dan Raphael. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Kim. You're telling me you can't peel off one of these guys to like go through this film collection and and find people who were involved. I mean, like with the Ali fights, like. You know, we're running out of people. Like the opponents right. are dying off. You know, all right. of Ali's corner and entourage are, are gone. Is his this, brother is Ali's brother still alive? Nah, no. nah his, his brother's gone. Uh, you know, Angelo's gone. Ferdy's gone. Bundini's gone. Um, maybe Gene Kilroy's still I, around. Yeah, I think <laughs> around, but I, yeah. I mean, only George. George is like the only you know. Larry Holmes. I mean, no one wants to see the Larry Holmes fight right, again. Exactly. But, uh, and I think the Foreman fight was a Don King fight. So I don't even know if they have that one, but. But uh, I mean, Bob is really like the the, the go to guy for for that. But but there's other fights there, like the Hagler fights, the Hearns fights. I mean, you know, create something out of it. Don't just slap the the thing on you. I mean, I, I definitely have a lot of problems with the way ESPN's doing. So so maybe then you program. maybe then you should be looking forward to this uh, 
to this buyout, you know, to 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 Bob to free up the, yeah, the collection so someone could do something with it. Yeah, create programming out of it that ESPN is not doing. But uh, but yeah, it, it, it's just interesting. Yeah, my my take on it is, you know, I mean, buying Topper forty percent of Topper. I mean, may, maybe you know you can exploit the TV deals. Maybe there's upside on that. Um, you know, maybe you may, you know, maybe you can create some value out of the fight library. I don't well, know. I think but. I'm going to pick up. I hadn't thought about it, but you kind of suggested. I mean, what if somebody got together and and you could and do all this for less than a billion dollars and bought PBC and Top Rank? Yeah, you know, I mean, PBC's not making money, so you think that you know? And I mean, combining because you know, and one thing I'll give Top Rank the last year or so, they've closed the gap a little bit. Like PBC was. Far and away, had a better roster than right. Top Rank. I mean, and I was looking at it today. I, I went through uh, yeah, the, the uh, alliance with Frank Warren was was pretty big. Yeah, the alliance and MTK as well brought some some good fighters. But I mean, just looking at guys who were with Top Rank, I went to the uh, the, the transnational boxing ratings. Okay, the, you know, completely objective. You know, not affiliated with a network or a promoter. Um, Strongly recommended for you boxing fans out there. That's right. That's right. Look that up. Um, I, I found that top 10 fighters or champions, top rank has 27. PBC has 38. PBC still is, has the best roster. Out of how many? Well, you figure 10 fighters. Some divisions have champs. Some don't. 17 divisions. So between 170 and 200 fighters. So... Uh, Probably not 200, like maybe between 170 and 185 fighters, 180 fighters. Um, so Top Rank has 27. Um, as far as just, you know, sanctioning body champions, they have 12 champs and an additional like three interim or regular WBA type champs. Did you, uh, did you get a number for Matchroom? I, I, did, I, did, I didn't do Matchroom because okay. Matchroom is has not indicated that they're up for sale okay. and I don't okay. think they would be up for sale anytime soon. I don't think so either. <laughs> PBC, you know, 38 uh, contenders or champs, um, 10 sanctioning body champions. So top rank actually has more champs. Um, you know, and each of them have a few, uh, actually I think top rank even has more unified champs than us. Uh, so they actually might have more physical, you know, belts than uh, PBC. Beta B has got a couple and well, Anui, Taylor, Ramirez, they're, they're, they're in uh, Lomachenko, you yeah. know, they've definitely got unified champs. Um, and, and PBC also has a uh, seven either interim or regular WBA or WBC champs. So they've been gobbling up a lot of those uh, okay. WBA belts, right. but um, they've closed the gap a little bit. And, and certainly, you know, pound for pound type fighters and, and marquee fighters, you look at top rank and I mean, you know, Lomachenko, um, you know, Crawford, Anui, I mean, those three guys right. are in everybody's pound for pound top 10. And Tyson Fury certainly has to, you know, if you, if you rate heavyweights right. pound for pound, um, you know, two wins, two basic, basically two wins over Wilder, win over Klitschko, pretty clear number one guy. Um, and better be, you know, might, might be in the fringes of, uh, the top 10 and, and, and so on. So. And they've got some good young guys, and, and Lopez and, and Stevenson uh, seem like future stars. So the roster's solid, you know. It sure is. It sure is. Um, so, and, and obviously, you know, PBC has, has a massive amount of great fighters. But uh, to my mind, that you know, if you're really looking to make a move in boxing and you, and you want to, like, actually have some impact and, 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 uh, and uh, 
you know, if you really want to have a comp with the with the UFC, you've got to you've got to grab both of those if if they're up for. That's second. a really interesting thought. I hadn't thought of that. That would be. <laughs> I mean, then there would just be two superpowers of boxing. Oh, mixing and matching those rosters, too. I mean, how many great fights are not getting made right now that could get made? Right. You know? I mean, you know, obviously, Spence Crawford. Crawford. Right. Crawford would just, you know, it would be career-changing for Crawford. Absolutely. Life-changing. Uh, Absolutely. There'd be so many great fights. And, you know, just thinking about, like, um, you know, this, the, the easy expression, crossing the street. I mean, just to, to open, it, open it up, you know, for... for any of these guys, I mean, just to be able to, to look over, I mean, 140 pounds, you know, 140. PBC has all the 154 pounders on lockdown. I mean, right, would, right. Would just, you know, all, all the young guys, like the next generation who find themselves with the wrong promoter would just have a lot more options open to them to make great fights. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it would be. It would be, I mean, you know, Heyman got sued for a monopoly. Right. <laughs> for, uh, Having a huge roster and having all those networks. I mean, well, it shows you just, you, I mean, the, the whole lesson from the PBC is it's really difficult to get control, get control of the sport of boxing. I mean, it doesn't seem like, it seems like if you've got a lot of money, you should be able to do it, but it just didn't work that way. You right. You know, and it's, it's not that easy. I mean, people will find a way, um, you know, water seeks its own level. People will find a way to go to where the lucrative opportunities are. Right. You think you're buying up everything and then sudden, you know, suddenly something else will pop up. Exactly. You know, <laughs> overseas or, you know, new fighter, new company, new. That's just, that's just, yeah. I mean, and boxing has been splintered, you know, from, and, and the problem is they're all warring factions too. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's been the problem. How, uh. How much would you like to be? Well, can you imagine if Bob Aaron pulled this off and sold his interest in the company for three or four hundred million dollars? How much would you pay to be a fly on the wall in Don King's office when he got the call that Bob Aaron just made four hundred million dollars <laughs> for selling his for selling his library and his fighters? Right. I mean, that would be that would be quite interesting. Oh, I, mean, I know. You know, I. Yeah. Bob Aaron. I mean, is he eighty six or eighty seven? I heard he was eighty eight. Eighty eight sounds yeah. right. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, by the way, happy birthday, Wilfred Sauer, February 29th. Wow. He's born on February 29th. But uh, he's, he's in his 80s, too. I mean, wow. if you count not the actual birthdays, because he's only had 20 birthdays. Cause oh, that's right. <laughs> 21 birthdays or so. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, that's funny. But Bob Arrow, I mean, 88, testament to longevity. I mean, last man, you know. King's still around, but I mean, Bob they Aram, keep each that, other alive. But, but Bob Arum's <laughs> really at the height of his, his powers, and it's, yeah. it's just incredible. I mean, right. you know, I'm 88 years old and singing American Pie with Tyson Fury in the <laughs> ring. I mean, and he's who, got the heavyweight champ who, again. You know, right. who, who, this this guy was appointed uh, a U.S. attorney by by Robert F. Kennedy. You know, I mean, who would have ever thought? You know, in in in, in the early 60s when he was appointed U.S. attorney, that in 2020. This guy would be, you know, still, uh, you know, among the two or three most powerful people in the sport of boxing. Right. That's really, right. No, really, really incredible. It's really remarkable. Incredible. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and listen, like you know, it's you know, it has it in the article, and it would only make sense that if you got the forty percent, I mean, Bob would still have to be involved. You know, right? I mean, you, I mean, you want the people involved. You don't want with the expertise. I mean, yeah. they, like they, like their their ability to develop champions, like we touched on, is is second to none. Right. I mean. And and not just develop champions. I mean, so much more to it. I mean, just put together cards that just have, you know, they never fail to put together cards that just 
draw the widest possible audience. And right. you know, you you think it's simple, but it's not so simple. Right. Uh, right. You know, it's it's deceive it's de- it's it it's deceivingly complex. I mean, but I mean, just you know, to be able to put together Filipino, Mexican, you know, British, American, all kinds of ethnic groups. I mean, and and market them. Puerto Ricans. They've always you know, done great with the Puerto Rican market. It's just, it's really just a, a testament to the organization he's put together because in boxing, as you know, most promoters are successful people. Top ranks is a successful organization. That's, right. that's, that's really the difference. You that's know? a great point. Yeah. That's a great point for sure. For sure. Well, on that note, I mean, maybe we could talk about one more thing. That's a little, I mean, unless you want, you want to go through the calendar that's coming up or, or real quick. Um, so yeah, I guess in, in you know uh, March is is kind of quiet. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of great fights going on in March. I mean, uh, March seventh, uh, Adam Konaski and and uh, Robert Helanius in, in at Barclays. I know you're going to that one for sure. I'm trying to get your son to come as well, okay. which would be great. Um, you know, it's got Frank Sanchez and uh, Joey Duwaco and Efe uh, Jagba and uh, Rosvin Kajanu. Well, there's um, really been very few heavyweight fights this year, other than other than the you know the Fury card. Had a couple of heavyweight fights on it, but most of these guys haven't fought. So right. let's let's get a little movement going. I mean, right, let's yeah, get a little movement going in the division. This seems to be just kind of a stay busy, get some wins for the PBC heavyweights kind of thing. I don't really see anything there that's that that gets no. me excited. Um, March fourteenth, Shakur Stevenson um, defending against uh, Miguel Mariaga, who's had a couple shots. He's had more than a few shots at the, at the featherweight title and hasn't uh, cashed in yet. Solid guy, but this seems like another kind of just. This is top rank building a superstar, right? And, and, and Mariaga, uh, I mean, look, he's I think believe he's a former Olympian, and um, he's he's solid. I think he's the perfect opponent to make Shakur Stevenson look good, and right. um, hopefully, you know, test him a little if, bit. If he lands yeah. a big punches, it'll be exciting. I don't think anybody's. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anybody put their money on Mariaga, but this is just you know we were talking about how top rank is is developing is you know the best at developing and. Here's an example of a guy who got a belt pretty quickly, and right. even as a champion, he's being developed. Right, right, right. Which I think you pretty much have to do these days because you know these guys are they're getting titles right. at record speed. So you know there's plenty of prospects with with belts now. It's a little crazy, but um, March 28th, um, kind of a every you know it seems like each network has has a has a a show and it's interesting ESPN has uh, better BF uh, defending the IBF and WBC light heavyweight titles against uh, Fan Long Meng um, mandatory I think in the IBF right he won a, he won an eliminator right won an eliminator yeah um, solid guy was he not an Olympian as well he was an Olympian and um, I know his advisors and I've been talking to them about this fight a lot lately and it's a it's really interesting I mean uh, from look. Meng has uh, not really been promoted too well. I mean, he's you know virtually unknown. I mean, he's, he's, he's Rock Nation. Yeah, exactly. Rock Nation. <laughs> Rock Nation. Uh, you know, made a big splash when they came into the to the business, and everybody thought they were going to be a game changer, and um, it really hasn't worked out that way. It's been a disappointment to say the least. And um, Meng's last fight was was in a high school in Delaware against a guy who's nine and nine or nine and seven. Wow, this and, was after the Eliminator. This was yeah after the Eliminator. It was, it was, his last fight, I mean, it was not televised anywhere. I mean, there was no press. There was no press whatsoever. I mean, it wasn't even. They bought wow. a spot on 
somebody's card. So it, so they had to buy a spot on a card. Wow. In, in, in Delaware, and, and the, it wasn't even the main event. I mean, because the promoter had a local fighter. Um, oh, Lord. Um, so it, it's it's really a tragedy because he's he sh- I mean he's from China. He should be a superstar, right? And he can fight, right? And you know, but 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 the interesting thing is is that you know look uh, from from the outsider's perspective. You know, this this looks like a, a layup for Bader Biev. Right. Um, but the the very very interesting thing was that um, when Meng, he's a Chinese Olympian, proud guy, he's, he's undefeated. He actually his mentor and the guy who he replaced at the top level of the Chinese amateur program actually beat Bader Biev in the Olympics. Oh wow! So. He doesn't see this, you know. The public is He's looking at the public is looking at Bader Biev as a killer <laughs> because of his, you know, the, what he did to Gvazdik, Gvazdik, and um, you know, rightfully so. I mean, right. Bader Biev has just looked unbelievable, but uh, Meng doesn't see it that way. He's like, well, you know, look, I know this guy. I worked with him. He's my mentor. He beat him. You know, why why can't I beat him too? <laughs> and so he's he's not going in there with the the opponent mentality. I mean. He's a proud Olympian, and um, he's getting his chance. And I'm not saying he's going to win, but um, you know, there should be a lot more interest in this fight. He's just been, you know, mispromoted his whole career. He can fight. Um, you know, he should have been a star. In, in China's not exactly a small country, right? They, right. They like boxing there, so <laughs> you know, things could have been things could have been very different. You know, and and this fight was almost in China. Mm, that's and, right. That's and right. Um, you know, that would have been. Maybe not the most interesting for fight fans, but for people who follow the business of boxing, that that would have been extremely interesting because because a, a Chinese company won a purse bid, and um, look, I know we don't get into politics on the show, but the the Chinese government uh, does not treat Muslims very well. Right, the Uyghurs, yeah, yeah, and, and Bader Biev is Muslim, right, and um, he would have had a very 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 tough decision. Um, whether he wanted to, he go was saying to he didn't want to go. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know if he. He said he didn't want to go. Right. He didn't say he wouldn't go. Right. Because right. he didn't. You know, he, he look. He could have not gone, given up the IBF belt and kept the WBC title. Um, unfortunately, you know, the deal Rock Nation put together fell oh, through. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and right. so um, <laughs> the promotional rights fell to top rank, and the fight's going to be in Quebec City on March 28th, and um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it would be. Uh, a shock to most people if if Bader BF lost, but it, it wouldn't be a shock to to Meng himself. Wow, that's interesting. That's yeah, really interesting. I, I found it quite interesting that you know his his outlook is Bader BF can be beaten. Wow, wow. he's certainly um, not viewed as one of the more vulnerable champions in the sport. I mean, not at all, especially after that last performance. Yeah, yeah, he looked great against Sabatik. Um So that's interesting. So same night, so you got that on ESPN. Showtime has a uh, Lewis Neary, um, who I love to watch fight. Unfortunately, he's <laughs> he's fighting a bantamweight or super bantamweight. Super bantamweight. All right. Thank you. Yes. Hopefully, like he'll make the weight. He's missed weight a couple of times and just disappointed everybody. He's fighting uh, Aaron Alameda, uh, undefeated uh, Mexican who hasn't really fought strong opposition, but uh, should be an interesting fight. It's Is in the No, no, no. This one's on Showtime. It's okay. a Showtime main event, I would assume. Um, and then on the zone, same night. Right. And again, this you know you hear this on my podcast at nauseum. This is one of the reasons I would want to have a league, some sort of have the promoters together, so you don't have these nights where you've got three 
cards going on at the same time with fights you want to see. I mean, I love Lewis Neri. I'd love to see the better be a Meng fight. You know, sounds interesting. What's the third card? A Virgil Ortiz. Yeah, one of the most exciting. <laughs> against young the, fighter, maybe the future of, maybe one of the, the future superstars. Yeah. Very short list of potential future superstars. Fighting tough, tough Sammy Vargas. I mean, again, a fight he should win, but, you know, Golden Boy has, has done well. You know, we've gotten some of their prospects beaten, obviously. But they put their guys in tough fights, and, and they're looking to see who the next superstar is. Vargas should test Ortiz because he's a very, very tough customer. He's he takes, the guy who gave Amir Khan hell, right? He dropped Amir Khan, yeah. So, and, and he gave, he lost a split decision to Louis Colazzo. So, I mean, he's, he's you know. I don't think either one of us expecting Ortiz to lose that right, fight. But, right. but that should be. He's exciting to, he's exciting to watch. Absolutely. And just to, just to see him against the guy in some rounds is, right. is going to be worth watching. He's a yeah, must absolutely. see. Um, I think there's also another uh, card on the zone, but I think it's taking place in England. Um, so it'll got? probably be during what the day. Um, David Avenesian, who's kind okay. of a little bit of a comeback. He beat that kid from Spain, uh, the Bellas guy. Twice, right? Twice. Knocked him out twice. Got himself back into the mix. He's fighting a, a pretty boy, Josh Kelly uh, from England, the, the Olympian who uh, Eddie Hearn kind of pushed too fast. Right. Uh, with nine fights, threw him in there with Ray Robinson, almost got him beat. Um, this kid has just got some crazy moves in the ring, right? Yeah, very flashy. He's very flashy. He's got great hand speed. I mean, he's got some tools, but uh, a lot of wasted motion, a lot of kind of clowning, and and you know, and against Ray Robinson, you know, he looked great for like a round or two, and then when he can slowed, he punch? I punch a little bit. I don't think he's a devastating. He's not a Virgil Ortiz type. I mean, not in the same format. Yeah, nah. Okay. He does. He doesn't. Doesn't have the legs of Hamed. He's got the awkwardness of Hamed, but not right. Him. He doesn't have that legs. The legs that generate that power. Yeah, that's an interesting fight. I mean, Messian's the guy who retired Shane Mosley, right? Right, 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 right. He's a guy who, you know, he's. he's I think he loved Lamont Peterson beat him. I forget all the guys who've beaten him. I mean, he's kind of the top level. He's not there, but like you know, he's dominating Europe. He's earned a big fight. From ten yeah. through twenty, he's a tough. Fight. Yeah. So. uh um, yeah, that, that's a really interesting fight. So all of that is, uh, is busy, on March Busy, yeah, uh, four cards. Busy day. Yeah, very busy day. Um, April 11th uh, is... Big heavyweight fight in Britain. Joe Joyce and Daniel Dubois. I cannot wait for that fight. I think it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous fight. Could be a blowout. You know, it's heavyweights, and a lot of people are, you know, Dubois is a heavy favorite. People have all, all counted Joe Joyce out, but I'm like, this guy fought, you know, World Series of Boxing, gave Usyk hell and in their fight. You know, was an Olympic silver medalist. That fight with Yoka could have went either way. Um, he's not really been troubled as a pro, and he's fought some decent opposition. They pushed him fast. Ooh, this is not... It's a fight fan fight. It's a fight fan <laughs> fight, yeah. I'm not counting the juggernaut out, man. I, I think uh, him and Dubois, that could really, really be interesting. But, you know, if it goes as people feel that it's going to go, Dubois is going to blow him out. But I don't I, I don't know, man. I, I, to me, I'd be surprised. I'd be... Not shocked, but I'd be surprised, and I'd be very, very impressed with Dubois if he if he just laid waste to uh, the Joe Joe. Props to both of them taking that fight. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 big balls. Both both guys. I don't think you'd see two Americans doing that. No, no. I mean, name the last you know young heavyweight fight like that. I mean, yeah, you'd have to think hard. <laughs> I mean, you know, look Dubois. So I mean, he's. He's been anointed as like the heir apparent in the heavyweight division. So I mean, God, you know, what just popped into my head. What was that Larry Donald versus Jeremy Williams? Both were undefeated. Both were. I think Williams just missed out on making the Olympics. He lost to I think Montel Griffin. 
in the in the trials. Right. But Donald was an Olympian. I think they were both unbeaten when they fought, um, and they're very young in their careers. And, right, yeah, right. Um, that's that's. I think this fight's bigger than that. It probably is because Dubois. I think his expectations are a little higher for him. Um, but yeah, great fight. April 17th, just made, fresh off the presses. They were hyping it at the uh, Garcia card, uh, Regis Pro Gray. And uh, Maurice Hooker, uh, a catch weight, a little, little bit of both. That's okay. Uh, we're getting a good fight. No, I like You're, it. I, I, I love that Tizone made that fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Regis is like, you know, just a guy everyone loves to see fight. You know, he can box, he can punish. Right. I mean, I would, I would make Pro Gray the favorite, but right. Hooker's always in a good fight. Hooker's an exciting, tough Tough guy. For a tall know. guy, he loves to mix it up. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, you're either, <laughs> you're, he's going to knock you out or get knocked out, most likely. Right. And, uh, I, I favor Pro Gray, but that, that's that's going to be an exciting fight. It's going to be a shootout. And it's just, it's great. To, I mean, nope. I, I mean, maybe it'll be for a minor title, but I mean, to see two guys of that caliber fighting not for a championship is, right. is just great. No, it's old school fight. Exactly, you know? exactly. Just Contenders. You fighting know? to get themselves back in the picture. That's great. Um, on the undercard, Luke Campbell, uh, Javier Fortuna. Um, I think they're fighting for the uh, like an interim title, maybe because uh, Haney's injured, right? Um, or Haney, I don't know what title Haney has. I guess they got the WBC, but because Lomachenko, they made him the franchise. Yeah, to me, it's the WBC <laughs> regular title. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's horrible. And you know, as much as I as much as I like Haney and he's an exciting guy another one along with Virgil Ortiz is really you know one of the future guys on the short list of like future superstars it bothers me to see him you know with, with the belt walking around like he's calling himself the champion like right. you know he, he's not a true champion yet I mean great fighter want to see more of him um, you know but uh, you know when Campbell fights Fortuna I mean that's a that whatever belt they get it's it'll be a third tier championship to me. I mean, it'll right. be along the lines of the WBA interim title when <laughs> you know when you've got a super champion and a regular champion and interim champion. Right. I mean, that, that made that's gonna that's a that's a this good is fight. Almost, this is almost like the gold championship. But, 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 yeah, but I mean, okay, but but let's be fair. It's it's two two top, top ten lightweights yes. fighting each other. Legit, and, yeah, it's a legit good. And fight. it's forget about the title. In a way, it's not that different from I mean, pro grade hooker or bigger names, but two guys fighting each other. That's good to see. Yeah, we should. You know, Solid fight. Forget about the belt, but good fight. Solid fight, and and another one that's been proposed. I don't know if it's been uh, been uh, signed on that undercard. Uh, Cecilia Brekus against uh, Jessica McCaskill. I'm a big Jessica McCaskill fan. Um, uh, she's uh, she has two of the junior welterweight belts, and she's stepping. I mean, she's really a lightweight. They put her up at junior welterweight, and she managed to win two belts. She right. lost to Katie Taylor early right. on. Um, only has like eleven fights. Well, I love her because she used to train with uh, my my one of my favorite people, uh, Teron Millette's dad. She started in St. Louis in the little backyard oh, okay. gar- garage gym uh, in St. Louis and uh, moved on to Chicago where uh, Ramos is doing a great job with her. Um, but uh, she's moving up to welterweight to take on Breakloose. So who's, who's, who's got all four belts? All four belts. Has had them forever? Yeah, as one of the most accomplished uh, fighters in women's boxing. Very sharp boxer. That's a tough she, fight for she, Jessica. She, she, she's, she's getting on. I mean, she is. She's going to lose to somebody. And, she got and, dropped in that HBO fight. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. So, I mean, listen, maybe, maybe Jessica's catching her at the right time. Right. And good good on her. I mean, uh, I I guess uh, I'll, I'll admit I don't know if uh, – is McCaskill going to keep her championships? I don't know. I mean, she's going to – 
If she, I would assume so. If she could buy breakthroughs and make some money and get a, get a shot at, 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 you know, arguably the greatest, arguably the greatest, the quote, arguably <laughs> Larissa Shields. And I know you've right. had a lot to say about that, but, you know, Breakus has been around forever and, 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 and had a really, really stellar had a great career. run, yeah. If McCaskill can get a, get, make some money, get to fight the best, and even if she loses, still have some belts, I mean, that's, that's right. great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gutsy. Someone, someone's going to beat Cecilia. You know? Right, right, right. And, and Jessica is a very high-energy fighter. She throws a lot of shots. She comes comes to fight every time. So it won't be boring. It, it, it'll be a very entertaining fight. So looking forward to that one if it gets made. Um, April 25th, this is another great fight. And another unification uh, with top rank fighter, with a top rank fighter, newly signed uh Monster, Monster uh, yeah. Anui, against uh, John Riel uh, Casimiro, who uh, shockingly just blew out uh, Tete uh, for the, uh, I think it was the IBF title. Right, he's a three-way champion. In or BO title, I forget. Yeah, he's a three-way champion. Yeah, yeah, so there's three belts on the line, and, and Casimiro's another guy who just, I mean, he comes, he's not intimidated by anybody, and he's swinging for the fences from the opening bell, so that one's going to be bombs away, man. I mean, 112, 115, 118 are just... You know, yeah, they're live. a lot of yeah. good fighters, and they're, they're, they all seem to be fighting each other. So. Right, right. It's it's a lot of lot of lot of action down there, and and New is one of the. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you you've probably seen him fight, but if right. you haven't, go go YouTube him. I mean, yeah. he's you know, devastating I mean, puncher. Yeah, I mean, has potential to be one of the very very best Japanese fighters of all time. Right, he's already, you know. Done. Along his way, it yeah. Just made and, and an amazing highlight reel for himself already. Absolutely, probably in the fight of the year last year too with Donaire, where he yeah, was, was stretched. That like, was yeah beyond what people you know thought ever possible with with Donaire. That was worth getting up early for that fight. Yeah, people were worried about Donaire getting hurt in that fight, and oh man, that was just a twelve rounds of high drama. Great fight. Um, on an undercard, good one. Uh, top ranked prospect who they've had on the air a couple times, uh, and they're putting them in real tough. And I, it's actually two top ranked fighters fighting: um, Joshua Greer and uh, Jason Maloney at bantamweight. It might be for some trinket title, um, WBA style. But uh, two really good young fighters. Um, Greer is kind of plateaued a little bit, I right. think. Um, had some really good highlight reel knockouts on Showbox, and that's why uh, top rank signed him. No, this but, is the guy who's at. Uh, Night night walks in with the pillow. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. 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 And Maloney's an Australian banger. And yeah, tough kid from Australia. Both the Maloney brothers can really fight. I mean, you saw that in the uh, the World Boxing Super Series. So, uh, so this is this the, is the one who was not or was it was or was not in the World Boxing. I think it's the one who's. I think because if it's at bantamweight, it would be the one who was in. I believe. I, I might be wrong. Because the other one was at one fifteen. I think. Right, it's three pounds. Okay, I think uh, this is this is Jason or Andrew? Jason. I think it was the one in the in the tourney. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who gave uh, Rodriguez like a hell of a fight? I mean, yeah. Rodriguez, that was a great fight. So uh, this is going to be another all action. Yeah. Fight. So two really great uh, bantamweight fights on that card, April twenty fifth. I would assume it's on ESPN Plus. I'm not sure. Um, and then we have Cinco de Mayo. I don't know, you know, probably by the time this podcast comes out, the deal will be done. But Any at, day it's going to come out. As of, it looks like Billy Joe Saunders is probably mm-hmm. going to get it. But Tom Smith is still alive, underdog to get that fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think of either one of those fights, uh, Callum Smith or, or, or Saunders? What do you think their chances are against Canelo? Uh, I think... Canelo's a favorite. I probably. mean, Canelo's <laughs> a favorite. I, I mean, I... I, I 
I would prefer to see Callum Smith get the fight. Right. I mean, he won Me the too. World Boxing Super Series. Looked pretty awful in his last fight, um, but still is the man. You know, he, he uh, won a controversial decision over John Ryder, I believe his name is, yep. a fellow Brit. Um, but, he's, but he's still the champ, and um, I'm not a huge Billy Joe Saunders fan. I, <laughs> you know, As a boxer or a human I mean, being? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's got the, the PED issues, but also... You know, he's kind of cherry-picked his way to a two-division champion. He's really not, uh, you know, has, has fought the easiest fights possible available to him. And, I, you know, to me, I don't like to see that kind of matchmaking get rewarded with the super fight against Canelo Alvarez. Right, right. Smith, you know, went into the World Boxing Super Series and fought his way through some tough fights. I mean, maybe, you know, they didn't get every massive super middleweight in that right. tournament. But he went in an eight-man tournament and... and you know, came out as a last man standing, and that's to me, that's what you want to reward with. Yeah, that's what that that's who deserves to get rewarded with the the the, the payday and the, and and the, and the notoriety and the, and the opportunity to be on the the sports biggest stage. So I, I I hope Smith pulls out the fight, but it doesn't. All indications are that it's going to be Billy Joe, right? Right, right. It's interesting. I mean, I, I saw an interview with Hearn on on uh, IFL TV and. Um, you know, he's really trying to make big fights with all with this massive middleweights and super middleweights he has. So whoever gets the fight, the contingency plans are pretty interesting. So if, if Billy Joe Saunders gets the fight, he's going to put Callum Smith in with Danny Jacobs, which is a really That's nice a hell fight. Of a fight. Um, if Callum Smith gets the Canelo fight, he would have Demetrius Andre move up and, and take on Saunders at 68. So... So uh, either way, it sounds like Hearns, you know, making two really good fights <laughs> for his guys and getting them opportunities, you know. Well, what do you think of Billy Joe Saunders versus Demetrius Andrade? That, that was, um, I mean, obviously that was going to happen at middleweight and then the, the drug testing thing, which I still think Saunders should have been able to fight. Okay. Because under WADA, he was fine. It was, he only violated something that was in competition. It was out of competition, so he should not have been barred from that fight. Well, what do you think of the fight, though? The fight itself, I mean, you've got, you've got fight, right? two lefties who, you know, are not the most exciting. They're both safety first. Um, both of them seem to shy from contact. So it could just be like a pose fest, um, which would really suck. But having said that, sometimes, sometimes when you have those matchups, you get a good fight. I remember when I had Corey Spinks and Zab Judah. When right. they fought, a lot of people thought it would just be two lefties in there posing for 12 rounds. Turned out to be a hell of a lot of hand speed going and, and a really good action fight where both guys were down. Um, so let's hope we get that one. <laughs> you know? right. I'm trying to imagine Billy Saunders in that kind of a fight. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think so of when he's been Corey Spinks, you guys thing. have a lot of respect for. Because <laughs> even the, the the Andy Lee fight, which was interesting, it was tense, but there was not a lot of action in that fight. It was a lot of posing, and it was two lefties, and Lee's obviously a puncher. And I think Saunders dropped Lee in that fight, right? Uh, you know? Your <laughs> memory's better than mine. I don't know. But, um, you know, if, if it was a Billy Joe Saunders fight, I probably lost interest in it. Which, you know, shame on me, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you know that that that's really the the thing with the uh, with the Canelo fight. You're just like, oh man, that's not going to be beating Walter Kautandakwa does not does not really make you a champion in my book, and does not really qualify you for a fight against Canelo Alvarez. Well, no, that that was Andre, right? 
He beat that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Saunders beat somebody just as... Oh, he beat like a Sufi or something? He beat a... a Somebody was based out of Germany with a not a, a non-German based. I think it said his last name was a, a Sufi. I, I yeah, it's, that yeah. might be his first name. I'm sorry, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah me, we're, me we're, we're, we're two hardcore yeah. guys, and, and, and <laughs> I can't even remember the guy I, you fought I, on that YouTuber card when he defended his title. I can't. I, I, an Argentinian I, guy. I yeah, I stand, I stand corrected, but I mean, it's certainly not. I mean, it wasn't a guy even in the top twenty. No, I, not in any respect. You know, I mean, it was a. It was a. Let's let's get Billy Joe Saunders a you know let's get Billy Joe Saunders a WBO title kind of right. fight and, you know. so let, let let's hope that by the time you're listening to this that that we're that that, that Cal Smith, be Cal Smith. Smith. <laughs> yeah that, that's my question um, what else we got for May anything else May um, well the same day um, Josh Taylor makes a mandatory against a guy I've never heard of and it, this is like a horrible mandatory. Uh, some uh, guy from Thailand who uh, Samson has his name was a Happy Nun Kong Song. Right. Um, as you can say, is that Samson usually knows what he's doing when he picks these guys. Guy may have ability, just his resume does not show it. Right. You know, there's okay. there's nothing on there to make me think he's going to give Josh Taylor much of a fight. So that that's Josh uh, getting a gimme, which he deserves after a couple grinders in that World Boxing Super Series. So I don't begrudge Josh Taylor at all. Um, a week later, the other uh, double champion at junior welterweight is making a much tougher defense. Uh, Jose uh, Carlos Ramirez in there with Victor Postal. This was the fight that was originally scheduled for China, correct? That's right. And where's it happening now? Fresno. Okay. Ramirez's backyard. So, you know, it's going to be a rocking house for uh, Ramirez because uh, his manager always gets uh, gets the people motivated to come. So that should be a really exciting fight. That's Hopefully both fight. of those fine champions will come through that fight. Unscathed, yes, and we'll get a unification. They both they want it, yeah. They don't want to move up and fight Crawford. Both of them. I I assume that's why Taylor signed with Top Rank. That's right. So he he wants the Ramirez fight. Ramirez wants that fight. They're two really engaging guys, great fighters. Um, You know, I I can't wait to see that one. And that seems a that seems a way to do business these days in boxing. When you want a guy to jump over to another network, you gotta. Entice him with that first gimme fight. Right. and uh, Overpay him for a gimme fight. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm okay with it in Taylor's case. He's, yeah. He's earned it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, going through May, let's kind of shotgun around here. I guess uh, a guy who has about as many letters in his name as possible. Um, I'm going to try this. Kudratio Abdukakorov. Yeah, Abdukakorov. Abdukakarov, yes, who who beat my man uh, Louis Colazzo. Um He's the IBF number one. He's fighting Sergey Lipinets. That's actually a really good fight. That's a good, good fight. fight. That's a good fight. It's a under the radar fight. I mean, yes, it's for an interim welterweight title, which I didn't think the IBF did anymore. But uh, uh, they're well, giving you know it's, they're it's, giving it's, Spence a break. That's that's. I mean, it was, <laughs> Spence was you know was in a serious car accident. So, I mean, this is you know this is this is a an instance where. An interim title, you know, makes sense. Have a have 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 two guys fight, and you know, let let them be the the belt holder until until Spence is ready to fight one of them. I mean, you know, look, I was looking at some of the WBA. The WBA has interim champions who haven't fought in a year, so you know, we almost need an interim interim champion. <laughs> Uh, this is a this is a legitimate one, and it's a good fight, so I'm not going to complain about. Yeah, it. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still a little bitter about Teron Millet getting stripped, and uh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, and you're you're 100 right. But 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 Errol Spence is not getting stripped, so it's a little bit different. 
Yeah, he's not getting stripped, whereas Teron did. Right, so Teron Millet. Who was injured, We're we're going to do, we'll do a podcast, a look back (laughs) at some of the the great controversies in the sport. And Teron Millet was absolutely, got his title stolen from him by the IBF. 100%, no no question about it. I'll talk all day about that. And and you'll talk for two days or three days about that. Um, This, Errol Spence, uh, you know, look, we all saw what happened to him. If if they want to give an interim title, it's, you know... So, yeah, it's not. not the most egregious thing in the world, right. especially when it's a reasonable. It's a reasonable. It's fight. a good fight. It's not. A, it's not a, a, a Walter Kausendakwa or the, <laughs> the guy we've never heard of. You know. Yeah, these are two legit. You know, top fifteen. Right. You know, fringe top ten. I mean, Walter well, was so loaded. The winners are, you know, the winners worthy of a big fight. Well, I would assume they'd get Spence, right? Because Spence probably was a mandatory at this point in time. You would think. And and you know this would be. I mean, listen, welterweight's so loaded. I mean, Spence has to come back and fight somebody. He probably doesn't want to take a major fight right off the Spence bat. Spence has two belts, right? Yeah. So he could give up the IBF belt if he doesn't he want to could. fight. He could. He could. He could. I don't know if he wants to, but we'll see how that plays out. May 23rd is where they have the uh, reschedule because Usyk had gotten injured. His elbow got injured. Uh, he's going to take on Derek Chisora in uh, in Britain, which should be great, great right. fight, great test. Looking forward to seeing Usyk as, in a real heavyweight fight. Yeah. This hasn't been... The most active guy, you know, you wonder if trying to put the extra weight on is what's causing the injuries. But mm. the, listen, he's one of the most skilled practitioners of the sweet science. So let's 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 see him fight. And Chisora swings. Let's see him fight a crazy tough guy swings like swings hard. Yeah. So Usyk better have That'll be that. Fun. Good good stylistic matchup, right? That defense on like he did in the Garcia fight. Um, good fight. May 30th is, is one, I, you know, I think the whole sport is looking forward to. Uh, Lomachenko and Tiafimo Lopez uh, unifying. Uh, Are they announced that for Madison Square Garden yet? They haven't officially announced it, but enough people have kind of unofficially said they right. think, you know, it's May 30th. At I mean, the what, a, what a fight. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, just a, that's just a treat for anybody who's a boxing fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lopez, again, another one of these guys who I'm like, that's Mike Tyson, Tony Ayala, you know, right in that <laughs> mode, right? And, and just a just a, a young, stocky killer yeah. going up against, you know, Superman and Lomachenko. I mean, what a... Absolutely. You can't, you can't understate that. You can't underestimate uh, that. It's, it's a great fight. Lopez has shown that he's, you know, he's fought enough tough fights now, I think, and, and taken on enough guys that, you know, it's legit that he's getting a shot. Again, I'd still say it's a little soon, but he's having Make a tough time now. making 35. Make fight now. I mean, look, why, why why let that fight slip away? People want to see that fight. Right. I mean, and then the, pro- the problem is that Lopez is having trouble making 35, so they got to make it now, So and he's willing to do it. So, so but yeah, I mean, it's two tremendous talents. So, I mean, and then Lomachenko hasn't been, you know, Crazy, way above everybody, Superman at 135. I mean, you know, Linares had him down. Sure. Campbell had him stunned with a body shot. You know, uh, even uh, who's the kid who Gervonta beat up and then ended up going up to lightweight and winning the title? Puerto Rican kid. Yeah. Uh, got him blanking on his name. But he had Lomachenko all marked up. You know, I mean, you can touch Lomachenko at 35. He's not He's not uh, Superman, and he, you know. And credit to him for taking this fight. Yeah, he's he's not afraid of anybody, you know. Uh, unless you talk to Devin Haney. Devin Haney thinks he's ducking him. So. Yeah, Devin Haney. He, I mean, Lomachenko's not afraid of Devin Haney. He's, <laughs> he's 
Haney's got to beat somebody, you know. To no, I, I agree. Haney, Haney's a very talented fighter, and I think he needs a couple more, though, before he gets in there with Loma, too. But, yeah, Loma Lopez, man. Oof, 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 oof. Can't wait. Can't wait for that one. Um, one being rumored, um, because Aram has said he was trying to make a unification with Pacquiao, but we, I think we all know Crawford, Pacquiao ain't happening. Um, but Crawford, uh, might be fighting, uh, Kelp Rook next, uh, more likely June 16th. What do you think of that one? I mean, Brooke, Crawford's got to fight somebody, man. okay in his last fight. <laughs> I mean, you know, did a little bit better than... Then he did against Zarafa? Yeah. Um, I, I, look, it's hard to imagine. Is it much better than the Amir Khan fight? <laughs> like I mean, two. I, you know, I still don't understand why Amir Khan never fought Cal Brook, but, um, oh, yeah, seriously. um, and I think the outcome will be along the lines of Crawford versus Amir Khan. Um, and look, it's, it's, I, I, I feel for Crawford. I mean, you look, he's making a lot of money, so you don't have to totally cry for him, but I mean, his these were his prime years, and they're they're going by without him having the defining fight that you know he's earned and that we all want to see. Right, and it's tough because um, you know it's not that top rank is unwilling to risk him. It's just that there's nobody they can get because they don't have any of the other top welterweights. So right, um, you know they just might have to wait and see if if the Taylor Pro Gray winner will move up and face him. I mean, in 2021. Taylor something. Ramirez winner, yeah. Excuse me, yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or Pro Gray. Yeah, Pro Gray is fighting at 143 in this next fight. So Right, although they said Hooker was the one who asked for the extra weight. Right, right. But, right. but I think Pro Gray's got to be thinking like Crawford. Is, I mean, he's called out Crawford before. So I, yeah. I don't think he'd back down from the fight. Yeah. And I mean, so hopefully there's some defining fights on the way for Crawford. Um, I don't think Kel Brook will be that fight. Though. Right. <laughs> and June uh, 20, I think, is uh, is is... is Penciled in for Joshua Pulev. Uh, I guess it's in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, 60,000 plus. It's a reasonable fight. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Joshua, I give him a lot of credit for winning the rematch against Ruiz. He did what he had to do. It's not easy to get right back in there with a guy who just knocked you out and win. But let's face it, he didn't do it in the most impressive fashion. So um, it's a good opportunity for him to, you know, get the momentum back. And, and it's a good opportunity for fans to see him in with, you know, a legitimate tough guy. And Kubrat Pulev, three, I, I think a two-time Olympian, maybe even a three-time Olympian. Wow. I mean, it's his, no, no bad losses on his record. Um, it's, a, it's a fair test. Yeah, yeah not the fight everybody wants to see, but it's, it's certainly a fair test. I think it's a great fight for Joshua. I mean, having been through the, the Ruiz mill, you know, getting knocked out the first time and then, you know, being on the back foot. I think he right. needs Pulev. I mean, you know, as respectable as he is, he's kind of a straight up older European guy who's not that hard to hit. You know, I think if Joshua can get some get back with an impressive knockout, I think then then, then he goes into negotiations for right. the big fight. And it'll really get the, if he If he has a, an exciting win, it'll really... Get the the momentum going. Right. For, for he need, he needs to get the momentum back. Yeah, because uh, Fury and Wilder kind of taking the play away right. from him. In other words, he got the belts back, and, and that's great. Now let's right. let's take another step forward. Let's get some enthusiasm. So, last thing I want to touch on, just you know, something that's been in the news quite a bit, is just the you know, unfortunately, the coronavirus. Um, the uh, Japanese Boxing Commission has closed down boxing for the month of March. 
um, because of the coronavirus. And I know that Eddie Hearn has stated that he had to cancel the show in Italy. Um, it was supposed month. to be this week. Yeah. It was supposed to be yesterday. Right, right, right. Due to the coronavirus and they're pushing off shows. So, hey, I mean, man, you know, if they're, they're canceling boxing in Japan, I mean, what about the Olympic Games in Tokyo? You know, they're at risk. Yeah. They're at risk. I mean, Donald Trump seems to think this will go away when the weather gets warm. <laughs> I hope he's right. I don't, I don't think he's right. but It I, won't go away, but it'll die down. Right. Apparently, these viruses don't like the warm See, weather. And, but. And, you know, as we were talking before we went on the air, I know Zhang Zhilei is in China right now and like would like to come out and get a big fight in the heavyweight division. He's a former Olympic silver medalist, and, you know, he's kind of stuck right now. I mean, it's he's not so easy to get out there. So. Yeah. I know Zhu Can was having the same problems. I think, uh, yeah, he was... Uh, WBA featherweight champion. WBA featherweight champion. Yeah, he got stuck somewhere, you know, in, in like a training camp because you, know, you can't get out because of these quarantines. So, I... Uh. Yeah, we don't like when, uh, we don't like when the, the world events intrude on the world of boxing. But, yeah. Uh, this, this one might. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So crazy. So crazy. So... But anyway, my man, really appreciate uh, you stopping by and, and taking the time. It's always a pleasure to chop it up with you. Yeah, great. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, take care, man. All right. Thank you. And that will do it for another edition of the Boxing Esquire podcast presented by The Ring, ringtv.com, and distributed by the Leave It in the Ring Network. I'd like to thank Scott Schaefer for taking the time out to speak with me. Really appreciate it. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment or a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audioboom, SoundCloud, or wherever you access the Boxing Esquire podcast. Really appreciate it as it helps new listeners find the podcast. And also, do not forget to check out my companion piece to this podcast on ringtv.com that features quotes and background on my interview with Scott. And until next time, so long, everybody. Looking for?